was a hero in all of us, then you've chosen well today, because we're going to talk about Spider-Man 2 here on The Franchise. I'm Tyler Dennering. I'm Connery Hansen. <laughs> and uh, this is The Franchise. <laughs> thwip, thwip. <laughs> With us today is our good friend and writer-director, <gasps> Jacob Padilla. He is. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> Hello, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. I mean, thanks for being on. <laughs> it's my pleasure to have you here. I'm recording in the room right behind you. If you uh, open that door a little bit, you'll see me. Well, then that just takes away from the illusion. It it, it helps to maintain the illusion. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Some Bruce Campbell a, for you. A classic line from Bruce Campbell. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I am very honored to be here for this particular movie, Spider-Man 2. It is great. But from what I understand, there is some other fabulous movie that we all checked out not too long ago. Am I right? You are absolutely right, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man 1. Oh, wait, no. Spider-Man 1. <laughs> he is, of course, talking about the movie Extraction on Netflix. It's been out for a month, I think, now. And yeah. by the time this episode comes out, it'll have been out for two months. Socially but irrelevant. You know what? We're yes. still going to talk about it because uh, Jacob, you in particular, are a big fan of like action movies. and Action like war to... movies in particular. Yeah, action and war movies. Historical mm. warfare movies. Uh, not that this is historical, but <laughs> there's some really sick stunts in it. And there's a lot of people in the avengers crew involved in this and you're also a huge marvel fan so very um, much very much so yeah so you and me have been like messaging back and forth about this movie for like since it came out basically <laughs> <laughs> um and connery just watched it the other day mm -hmm. so basically yeah it's called extraction it's directed by sam hargrave it he was the uh stunt coordinator on endgame i believe as well as civil war oh that's interesting second like unit movies. director i think he was second unit director on like the later one civil war infinity war and endgame oh, and, sweet. and stunt coordinator i think yeah um so this is his directorial debut it's starring chris hemsworth thor himself <laughs> and it's a big stunt heavy action movie with a lot of violence set in india and uh, is it India and Pakistan as well? No, I think it just, it's just India. I think it just, yeah, stays in India, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, and all I'm just going to pick that line up. And all of its yellow tint. Yeah, they use the third world filter <laughs> <Yeah>. on it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because they sent you an article about that, but let's talk about the positive things about the movie first. Yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> did Did Connery like it? Uh, yeah, Connor, you go first because you just saw it. Sure. I watched this movie directly after watching The Wicker Man, which you recommended, Tyler, starring a Christopher Lee. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the old let's one. Let's derail this conversation. Tell me about The Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you were right. I did enjoy The Wicker Man. I, I did really like it. I thought it was fun. The singing and dancing was very fun. The, it, it was fun. It was bizarre and weird. It was right up my alley. You were right when you texted that movie to me that I probably yeah. like, and I was like. I did enjoy myself. I did like this. Yeah, Jacob, have you, uh, like, you know there's a Nick Cage one, but there's the original one from the 70s. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that one. I've only seen clips just... of the Nick Cage one. That one's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, the original one's on Prime right now, and I described it to Connery as basically Midsommar with musical numbers. 
So it's pretty, it's pretty beautiful. <laughs> it was. Yeah. You check it out sometime. I'd imagine it's got more substance. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> slightly subjective. Like all, I don't know what I'm saying. I will but... say I did enjoy it more than Midsummer, just because I feel like Midsummer yeah, is just too. like the delight of violence more so than uh, anything else. And yeah. this thing, I'm like, this is actual cult that are like doing shit, and for a reason. I feel like Midsummer, they're just killing to kill people. And like the grossest yeah. way possible. Yeah, that's some yeah. it's some sick stuff going on in, in midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, um, the the point of the point of this, I watched that directly after I watched Extraction directly after, uh, not midsummer, uh, Wicker Man. But yeah, I watched it, and I am not usually a big war movie person. It, it's rare when I really really enjoy like a war movie, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it to a certain point, and then I kind of realized he's trying to save this kid, but he's just murdered, like, a hundred people. <laughs> and I'm like, I when you stack everything up in this, like, even if the kid is an innocent life, you've and we've gone over families, and all these men probably have families and kids and wives. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth. I don't think this is worth it. I don't think, frankly, you're worth it. And... So the the morality of that got in the way for a little bit, and I'm like, why am I worrying about the morality? This is like John Wick. I should be like, yeah, I should be like, who cares about the body count? And be like, really like, just on his side the entire movie. Like, yeah, we gotta save this kid. Doesn't matter how many people get in the way for, for some reason. It just wasn't working for me. I was very much just the entire time like, you've killed so many people. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely just like one of those kinds of movies where like. All the cops, you can just assume, are bad guys because he shoots so many cops and, like, breaks their legs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they all like... work for that drug lord and whatnot. So they're, like, in the take. So they're dirty. So they're corrupt mm-hmm. or whatever. Everybody in the whole city. That said, the, <laughs> every, everyone in the whole city, exactly. But that said, the I thought the action pieces were really fun and cool. I loved a lot of the fights. It's, it's just very, it's very dramatic and cool. I like that Hopper shows up at one point to give him a little morality talk. That was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, um, Hellboy himself. Yeah, Hellboy himself, bad Hellboy, and or is that is that blasphemy, Connery? I, I don't. I'm not. I don't think it's blasphemy to call him Hellboy. He was a really awful Hellboy. So, did you see that movie? No, I don't plan on watching it. Did you? Oh dang, I saw it. Oh, would you? Yeah, think? we'll have to talk about. We'll have to do all three Hellboys at some point. Oh yeah, and then that'll be the, the two movie. related in one reboot. Okay, that's fun. Good. But uh, yeah, David Harbour shows up in, in in this movie for like two minutes, and he's just like there. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. It's David Harbour. He doesn't do much, but spoiler alert, he gets killed. Yeah, he kind of just shows up to be like, you don't have to do this. We can take the money and run. And Chris Hemsworth's like, no. And then the yeah, then he dies. But yeah, other than that, I I I would give it a solid uh, a solid seven out of ten. For the not action, bad, not bad. yeah, a good popcorn movie in my opinion. If you're not going to sit mm-hmm. there and think about death tolls and morality like I was, <laughs> yeah, 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 and say, yeah, just pretty much what you said about like how the all the bad guys are like they're corrupt or whatever. But yeah, just the, I think the movie's secret ingredient is uh, Randy Puda, the special forces guy that is. Uh, at first, Chris Hemsworth's enemy, and then they become allies. Mm-hmm. That guy was my, probably... I'd almost be more content if the movie was just about him and Chris Hemsworth wasn't involved at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the thing. I feel like it needed both of them in order for it. Because you know how I love for, uh, for a few dollars more? How they're mm-hmm. like yeah. rival bounty hunters, and then yeah. they are like, hey, we're both like 
equally skilled. Let's just like join. Let's go on a team together, and then mm-hmm. they won't stand a chance. I'm always a sucker mm-hmm. for that kind of story. So that was <laughs> it was pretty cool to see them align with themselves. Yeah, I like how they both kind of mirror their own their injuries too throughout the movie. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I felt so bad for uh, Randy at near the end of the movie when he's just like fighting on the. Uh, the bridge mm. basically and like he got his face got all fucked up from fighting chris hemsworth <laughs> and then his face is just like all messed up for like the whole rest of the movie i'm like yeah that's realistic yeah but it's also just like man that stinks for that guy because he has to have like that makeup on the whole time and he just like looks injured <laughs> so <Yeah>. hi lily <laughs> lily's in the background lily say hi real quick Hi, I'm sorry. Don't be it's sorry. Okay. Hi, Lily. Usually Great he turns the laptop way over there, so if I sneak <laughs> in, then like no one sees me. But I guess you guys saw me this time. It's fine. Don't hey. worry. <laughs> well, have fun. <laughs> Bye, Lily. We'll see you for Spider-Man Three. Interrupt too much. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Have fun editing, Connery. Oh, I will. I'm gonna leave that in. You're kidding me. That's fun. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So basically, this movie. Yeah, I think what really makes this movie work, aside from, we'll circle back around to all the stunts and everything, but uh, we should also. What movie are we talking talk about, about again this for on another this episode? Extraction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll only talk about this for five more minutes or so because we'll talk about Spider-Man Two for like nine hours. It's yeah. late, you know. Um, Marvel crew, really makes Marvel universe, Marvel characters. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pre-Marvel, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if it was just Chris Hemsworth, you're right. Like it would be even more blatantly like problematic. But mm-hmm. it's the fact that Randy Puda is there and also just as some really sick stunts and stuff. Like I'd love to see him. Um, being like John Wick 4 mm, as yeah, somebody. <laughs> you can really just throw in anybody in those movies and it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's just fun. Yeah. 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 If so. it was just Chris Hemsworth in this movie, the action would have been cool, but still would have been boring. Then it would have been just like that one movie, Close, with Numi Rapachi, just with better action. And then it yeah. probably still would have ended up being bland. That's just mm. what I think. No, I agree. That sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Close, which is also. Netflix film, um, yeah, with Numi Rapace or Numi Rapace. I never know how to say her name, but yeah, I'm a big fan oh, of hers God. too. But yeah, I, it definitely I feel just bad. feels. I don't know how to say her name. Huh? I feel bad that I don't know how to say her name because I love her so much. <laughs> oh yeah, I is that like the her, the special but... ops like lady who's like the the entire movie in a what's it called? No, it's a different movie. A different movie. Okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. But it's... it's almost the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this movie's definitely, like, I feel like borderline, like, 2020, where it's just, like, it's a white man going through a different country and shooting all these, like, people that aren't white, like... And they go, but... We have yeah, it's like it's just enough to, like, make it not problematic, but the uh, color filter that they use, basically, like, it definitely... Like, I feel like this is a thing that I don't think it's the cinema, it was the cinematographer's choice or even the director's choice. It definitely feels at least, this is just my theory that it's like a Netflix thing, basically, that, um, cause they shot this digitally and Netflix requires everybody to shoot in 4K digitally, um, just for consistency's sake, for like, that's what they think is consistent for TVs, cause everyone's watching it at home. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. if you just shoot it in at least 4K, like, it's proper quality for everybody. Um, but I feel like they took this in post and just like colored the shit out of it and like really saturated things. So it's like, 
yeah, some of these color palettes work fine on Chris Hemsworth, but um, some of the Indian actors and things, it, uh, some of the Indian They're actors, dirty. Like the, they look like yellow, basically, because it's all, the color contrast yeah. is all weird and filtered out and everything. So it's just like, uh, yeah, like it makes it more edgy and like, yeah, like Connery, like you said, like the third world filter or whatever mm-hmm. it's just like not not cool man. it makes it look like, hot as hell and sweaty and horrible and uh, and, yeah. and they, they don't use it every they don't use it like well they use it often but like sometimes they don't use it like in the rich neighborhoods i feel like it stops and i'm like this yeah. is weird it's just weird well, right when they get in the gated community that's when you take off the filter yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's like there's just enough stuff in the movie to argue for it to make it acceptable like he spends like five minutes in a sewer just being like really gross and mm-hmm. like yeah that's really well, yeah, messy, that makes but sense. yeah overall it's just that stuff feels a bit dated mm-hmm. um but that being said i think i would be down to see a sequel in Same. a different city or something like that but he's but... dead isn't he or is he oh shoot it's a god of war yeah. all right <laughs> <laughs> just spoilers slight, slight spoiler alerts the yeah. endings left a little ambiguous well i do that if you listen to the show you know that my mouth has a spoiler warning attached to it oh no <laughs> yeah of course I that goes without saying but the, <laughs> the, no but yeah at the very end because i'm about to be super spoily right now at the very end when she he comes out of the pool and there's like a guy standing at the pool we don't know if that's chris hemsworth or not oh yeah yeah, it's like a tall white guy that's blurred out. <laughs> it's like this probably Chris Hemsworth, but yeah, or maybe somebody close to him. Who knows? I'm down His for because they they like retinkered the uh, last scene a bunch of times for test audiences. But yeah, basically, yeah. Let's move on to Spider Man Two. But just wanted to bring that up because me and Jacob have just been talking about that movie for a while, and I think like as a Netflix film, it's definitely a lot higher quality than a lot of things that end up on there, and I'm not necessarily like, knocking Netflix, just, there's just been a lot of action movies in particular that's like, yeah, it's fine, like they're TV movies basically, and this, this, like, I would probably watch this in a theater. Yeah, same, I definitely would have seen this in a theater. Yeah. (sighs) I'm down for extra... Go for it. Netflix keeps putting crap out like The Irishman, like that. That movie looks like crud. <laughs> <laughs> that movie looks beautiful. What are you talking about? I know. It's just boring as hell. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's like the worst example of the um, But uh, speaking of superheroes like <laughs> Thor, I like transition. Smooth as butter, my dude. Um... We're going to talk about Spider-Man 2 now. Hooray! The second installment in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man uh, trilogy, which yeah. was supposed to be four movies at one point, but mm-hmm. that never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jacob, why do you like this movie so much? Like, why did you want to be on this episode? I mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but tell everyone else in the world. Well, let's see. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. I loved Spider-Man. The first Spider-Man. Fun fact. The first Spider-Man was my brother Jared. That was his first movie in theaters. Aww. That was the only movie. Spider-Man, not to like derail again and go to talk about Spider-Man, but Spider-Man was it's the like first. All we do is derail. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man was the first movie I could still remember line, being in the line around the block for mm-hmm. at my local theater. And yeah. that was a good time. And then I loved it, and I was so excited for Spider-Man 2. 
and I still remember seeing the trailers. This was back in the good old days when I found out about new movies by seeing trailers in theaters. <laughs> yeah. So I remember the teaser trailer for Spider-Man 2 where it's just MJ talking to Peter like in the cafe like, do you love me or not? And he's like, I don't. And then Spider-Sense oh, and then no. the car and then holy crap, what's going on? And then everyone's running and then Dr. Octopus's claws are stomping <laughs> on the ground and then... <laughs> you were like holy crap it's dr octopus and then that pumped me up and then the theatrical trailer which i loved even more it pumped me up so much because of the epic like choir that's like singing through all the like cool action <laughs> shots that they're doing yeah it pumped me up so much i was like oh my god movie's gonna be great and then we saw in theaters movie was better than the trailer which hardly happens these days (laughs) and it just remained one of the most purest like sequels in my opinion because it just straight up focuses on spider-man's growth and it doesn't focus on like establishing the universe doesn't focus on you know, establish, uh, extend, expanding its intellectual property or whatever. It just, it's focusing on, okay, we saw Spider-Man, we saw Peter become Spider-Man. Now we got to see him deal with being with, being Spider-Man. And it comes with this really poignant, intimate story that's, and he, and all these characters are used so well to like really um, put forth that theme of like choice in this movie and it just goes through this great ride of emotions and the action to this day is super beautiful and impressive like that whole crew when you see behind the scenes of the action scenes when he's fighting dr octopus it looked like it was a pain in the ass because you got these puppeteers (laughs) that are like moving around these like metal poles that are supposed to be the claws and then green screen and then alfred molina was was, like awkward in it because he didn't like doing stunts (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, so it just remains one of the most, I think, one of the most perfect superhero movies of all time to me. Nice, and that's our podcast. We'll... Yeah, it's all right, thanks you guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Renting this episode, renting the show. Uh, we've said all we need to say. I'll see you guys later. It was an honor. It was an honor. <laughs> thanks for ending our podcast, Jacob. <laughs> um yeah definitely like i think it does everything that a sequel a good sequel should do and um i think it's much better than catching fire the second hunger games movie but when we talked about that whoa 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 (laughs) (laughs) whoa hot take hey he's not talking crap about mockingjay don't worry oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) no i think catching fire is good but like spider-man 2 is just so good i think spider-man 2 is Maybe this is more of a hot take. Spider-Man 2 is basically like The Empire Strikes Back, you know, like on that par. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take at all. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it does deal more with character development. And there's some scenes where it's just like, we'll we'll circle back to the beginning, but there's some scenes like at uh, Peter's birthday party at at Aunt May's house. And it's just (laughs) James Franco, uh, Harry Osborn talking to him. And it's just like, it's like, oh, I just really hate Spider-Man. It's just like, man, there's really like five characters in this world. 
Like, it really feels like it's very insular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, while it's a very insular movie, it expands to, like, everyday people in a way that I just don't... I still haven't seen in superhero movies since this. Very much yeah. so in first Spider-Man, to, Spider-Man to we feel the human toll of things. It feels like very much the city is alive and walks around, and it's not just a set piece for superheroes to destroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not mm-hmm. a big wormhole that opens up and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that. But, um... Which I liked in the Avengers, but then movies did that Forever. so many times after that. So many but, times, uh, <laughs> like yeah, he's he is the uh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in this movie. It's everything mm-hmm. of that. And while I like the Tom Holland ones too, he's not even been in New York yet, so it's just a totally <laughs> different bag. But just like when he's doing his laundry in this movie and he puts the Spider-Man suit in with all his whites. It's just the stupidest thing, but it's so funny. It's like, yeah, he's like 19. Of course he'd do this. It's just like, and he has no money the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Rent Peter. It's just the whole, the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. But let's just go back to the beginning um, and just go through this movie. Oh, yeah. Yes, in a, in a relatively concise way and also totally direct. Oh, I wanted to hear O'Connery's... Um... Uh, audio file for the for the movie. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, I, we're talking about Spider Man Two today. I insert audio clip here. Yeah, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Uh, <laughs> shit! Uh, <laughs> I didn't think I have to do what this. Tyler's like not advised to be do this for like four or five episodes now. I'm like, so sorry. <laughs> I just um, enjoy it so much. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I can't think of any other lines from this movie. Like I wrote everything down. Like just I saw it just this morning too because I wanted to be fresh in my mind. But well, at least we fun. still get the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, that only comes with a three hundred dollar deposit. I'm Joel McAsshole. <laughs> Thank you for opening a super saver account. <laughs> yeah. What a um, day. The importance of being <laughs> earnest. <laughs> There, that that's all you get. I'm sorry. It's fine. That I thought that I bit needed. was retired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, the beginning. Were you guys thrown off by almost Jake Gyllenhaal's voice? <laughs> what? I want to say really fast. All the artwork in the opening uh, credits is uh, Alex Ross, that our amazing comic artist. And yeah. I literally saw it, and I was like. That's Alex Ross, and I, but I wanted to make like mm. doubly sure, so I had to look it up online. I'm like, of course, it's Alex Ross. Like, I I know his oh. shit when I look at it. Yeah, yeah. I was watching it with uh, Lily, and she was like, "Who did the art for this?" Because she hadn't seen this. Like, we watched this movie like last year, and mm-hmm. but before that, she hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. It's nice watching it with someone that hasn't seen it a billion times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like me, but um. She's like, oh, who like who did the art? It's really, really cool. Like, it's such a cool intro, and it caps, uh, it recaps the whole first movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't worry about it. Like, and it's so dynamic looking. And then, um, it's basically like the ultimate Marvel intro. Like now they do this, like they flip through all the comics, yeah. in their intro. But and then it transitions into a billboard that looks like it's painted almost, but ends up being a photograph of um, Mary Jane. And that transition is just really cool because it it just is like it's entering the world of a comic book movie, <laughs> and this movie does not shy away from being like co- a comic book and like cartoony and stuff. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. So yeah, Al- Alex Ross's work is just so like powerful and like beautiful. It, they're they're like yeah. they're amazing. Like just honestly, works of art. Every single one of the things he draws, I feel like. Yeah, he's great at detail to like human quality characteristics, mm-hmm. human features. Is he? 
mainly write Marvel or I mean draw Marvel stuff or is he all over the place? He's all over the map. Uh, he's on a lot yeah. of stuff. Um, he wrote a yeah. or he wrote I think he yeah he drew um the most most Marvel Marvel thing called Marvels. Um, that's one of his big Marvel projects. That's like all his artwork. And then a uh, Kingdom Come, a DC project, is like a really famous one by him and Mark Wade. Mm-hmm. And yeah, both those are really good. So if you want to see more of Alex Ross's art, you can check out those two books. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> uh, when I saw this in theaters, he's and he he speaks. He sounded weird when I was when I first saw it in theater. I was like, "Why does he sound weird?" And I think I had read or heard from somebody that Jake, because Jake Gyllenhaal was supposed to be in Spider Man. He was supposed to be the new Spider Man in Spider Man Two because Toby uh. had like back problems or something, so right. my was probably not going to do it. So. Jake Gyllenhaal, I guess, was getting ready, and I guess he might have done audio recording, maybe. And then somebody said, "Oh yeah, it was just Toby, like recording over it or something." I'm like, it still sounds weird to me today. I don't know. It might be just me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice anything. Oh okay. And now that I go to Jake Gyllenhaal is a Spider-Man villain now. So yeah, yep. full circle. The Mysterion. He's dead now because yeah. we can't keep a villain for more than one movie. Yeah, we can. Spoilers. Yeah, we can. You're right, Vulture one. Uh, let's see. We won't get into this. We never <laughs> won't. <laughs> um, so we... this will be a battle amongst the stars. <laughs> so we got to the point of the first shot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, Peter's delivering a pizza, and he needs to meet that 29 minute guarantee. Yes, uh, pizza time. It's pizza time. Um, <laughs> And his boss, played by Asa Vanvi, who would also become Commander Zhao in the critically maligned The Last Airbender film. <laughs> Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that in the theaters <laughs> and being disappointed. Same. Uh, I watched it last year. <laughs> What'd you Something think? Uh, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool that, like, I'm like, oh, cool, that's Asa Fonvi from The Daily Show. Like, he's, yeah. like, a correspondent. It's like, oh, he's in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's also, that was, like, probably his biggest role, but I'm uh, derailing. But he has to deliver pizzas within 20 minutes. Joe's Joe's Pizza Promise or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he spider suits guarantee. up, which I didn't know why I just didn't do that from the get-go. And uh, <laughs> it, it felt like the Sp- that's a Spider-Man 2 video game minigame where you deliver pizzas. <laughs> Yeah, um, with the pizza time music. Yeah, the pizza time music plays. Um, yeah, so he gets to this place with his little pizzas, and uh, he's late, of course. He gets fired from the pizza hey, place. hold on. Oh, There's the whole... You have to describe this whole sequence. I have to describe... Oh, the, you already told me to cut <laughs> shit down. No, this is the important stuff. Oh, my God, this? <laughs> he stole yes. that guy's pizzas. <laughs> I literally deleted that because I was like, okay, I'm going to cut it down a little bit. Uh, Not this. He runs into the alleyway, <laughs> comes out as Spider-Man. Some guy sees Peter Parker run in the alleyway, and then he goes, whoa, he stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> and then Peter Parker, or Spider-Man has to go save some kids or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what happens? He has to save, he has to save kids are stupid and wander into the street where like a car is running towards them. <laughs> yeah, they would have gotten like cream. This yeah, homicidal like, tr- uh, trash driver. Just like I'm not yeah. stopping for these kids. Yeah, hell no. <laughs> like, I have a route to me. They're pancakes. <laughs> yeah. And then he he has to leave the pizza uh, on this uh, roof rooftop, and then <laughs> none other than Fraser Crane himself comes out. <laughs> that's that's not Kelsey. Crane. <laughs> 
I know. It looks like season one Frasier. Bozo though. the Clown, Kelsey Grammer, Frasier Gray. Yeah. <laughs> when he was still high on uh, in The Simpsons. Oh, he but, never uh, stopped. When he was Sideshow Bob. But then uh, Kelsey Grammer's like, oh, I'm going to eat this pizza. And then Spider-Man <laughs> comes and takes it. Yeah. The pizza box is away. And then he still has a slice. And then Spider-Man takes the slice away from him. And then he's like, sorry, that, that part was just the probably most part. part I just w- always wondered how Spider-Man was supposed to deal with taking the web off of that slice of pizza. Meticulously. What do you think he was doing in that janitor's closet besides? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't have taken the slice. I know. It's kind of unsanitary. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if like that woman opened up the pizza box and was like, there's a slice missing, he wouldn't have gotten paid anyway. Yeah. And then he, yeah, he's in the janitor closet and all the mops fall over. And then there's like a five minute scene of him trying to put the mops away. Yep. Noise and then uh, pizza time. time. Yeah, and then he goes, pizza time. And then she goes, you're late. I'm not paying for these. Yeah. Then he gets oh, fired. Uh, here, I'm going to link a bunch of YouTube poops in the in the show notes. <laughs> Please do. Actually send them to me so I can honor your. <laughs> yeah. I always forget to send you stuff to yeah. in the show notes. But there's just some really good. Uh, YouTube videos, parodies of this movie that um, are about pizza. So many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Unlimited. But yeah, he, he's fired from uh, Joe's Pizza, and uh, mm-hmm. it's not going well for him. Uh, he's almost fired from the Daily Bugle because he's not taking pictures of Spider-Man. He's taking pictures of old people, and JJ doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, he goes. he gets fired at Joe's Pizza. He, uh, Joe, assumedly, goes, you're, you're fired, Peter. Go and then uh, it cuts to <laughs> him at the Daily Bugle, and then JJ, or JJ, uh, J. Jonah Jameson goes, "You're fired," which like he's freelance, but yeah. he's still fired. He's still fired, but like he just kind of no feels jobs like freelance. <laughs> but he, see, it sounds like he screams, "You're fired!" at everyone throughout the course yeah. of the day at the Daily Bugle, and they still have their jobs. But totes, totes. But yeah. Um... He eventually shows Jonah a picture of Spider-Man. He's like, all right, we'll take it. 300 bucks. There you go. And then he gives it to Elizabeth Banks. And she's like, this doesn't cover the advance we gave you last month. And he's like, shit. And he says that in the movie, <laughs> shit. Uh, now this. And then Elizabeth Banks is really nice to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For she like not... a second, which goes nowhere. But it's like still a nice moment. It's still I guess. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's a nice moment. This guy just had a bunch of bad luck. So it's it's nice to see that somebody's like not giving him complete shit still. Mm. It's that old Parker yeah. luck working against him. Yeah. There's also the other guy at the newspaper company at uh, the Daily Bugle who's like Jay Jonah's like right hand man who mm-hmm. like may or may not know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. <laughs> I can never tell. Yeah. But like he's like he is a big fan of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's I just hyper guy, into right? Spider-Man. I don't think he knows. I think he just really, really likes Spider-Man. He's like, he's doing good for the city. And J. Jonah Jameson's like, no, yeah. he's not. He's a menace. I mean, there is that one scene. I can't remember if it was in this one or in Spider-Man 3 where uh, the guy says, I heard Spider-Man was there. And then he gives Peter this like yeah, look this like, movie. what's the deal, man? Yeah, it's this movie, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Okay. I'm like, does he know? Like, this is weird. I feel like. Almost everyone with a monochromeness of awareness knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man in this movie. <laughs> Just, but, but they all are like kind enough to not like slap his slap him in the face and be like, "Oh, you're Spider-Man, right?" They're just they all have like yeah. the dignity to be like, "Hey, wink, wink." Like I know, but I'm not gonna tell it to your face. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. J. Jonah wants to be Spider-Man. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> wants to be Spider-Man. It's so probably cool. the best 
the second best sequence. Every yes. every sequence is the best sequence in this movie. Did you guys see the theatrical version of Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 2.1? I watched 2.1 cuz it said extended edition, the one I rented yeah. cuz I couldn't find my Blu-rays for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think it just uh. left them somewhere weird and it just has like some extended scenes that like Yeah. I, think I like the theatrical version better for the most part. Well, the action scenes I love that those are extended, but there's some other scenes where I can right. tell, yeah, like, no wonder they they chop them down. <laughs> yeah, like they really extend like the elevator joke scene where like yeah, that's the one where oh wow, they made that I go on longer, that. huh? No, yeah, they made it go on longer. It's not funny. <laughs> like this podcast. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's not funny. Stop listening. <laughs> I can Connery, do some... give me a wedge. onwards. Okay. Um, we go to the university. Peter runs into Doc Connors, and he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to your classes. And, he's, and Doc Connors is like, my class is over. Why do you think I'm standing here, stupid? <laughs> yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty like, much. He's just so in a rush. Sorry, yeah. what, Jacob? No, yeah, pretty much. Like, Dr. Connors is like, you see me standing here. My class ended. <laughs> Dipshit. Like, <laughs> that's really that, I love Dr. Connors in this movie so much. I think he's really cool. He no, was in yeah. like two scenes and I I'm I feel so robbed that we I never get to see him yeah, as the lizard. That actor's awesome. He's like perfect casting in this universe because <clears throat> all of like I mean in the comics too, for the most part, Spider-Man's villains are all like old scientist men <laughs> like <laughs> that just like do experiments. Um, and become monsters. One of the newer Spider-Mans that um, what's the name? That Ryan Otley is actually the artist. I'm one of my favorite artists. Um, the the lizard has like control over his lizard form, and so when he changes, he's still like a cool scientist, but he's just like terrifying lizard monster. Ooh. Does he hand out tacos to people like enlightened Hulk? Well, no, but he teaches a science <laughs> class as a giant lizard monster. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Nice. But Um, anyway, um, Dr. Connors says, what the hell are you doing? Like, your paper is like a month over, is like a month due now. And Peter's like, oh, I'm writing a paper on Dr. Octavius. And Dr. Connors is like, yeah, he's a friend of mine. Don't screw it up because I'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although I do feel like that's that's the part where he kind of is a little more like tender to Peter, where he's Mm -hmm. like, listen, you're Mm -hmm. you're like screwing up. But, you know, he's a buddy of mine. You're a good student. I know you're probably dealing with some stuff. All yeah. in the subtext. He, he, he expe- <laughs> yes, he expects more of Peter, and he yeah, wants exactly. Him, he wants it's him to do better. So it's just yeah. he's he's frustrated. He's not disappointed. He's frustrated. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so Peter arrives at May's house, and he forgets his own stupid birthday <laughs> 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 because he's just so exhausted and just running ragged at this yep, point. Yep, exactly. And, uh, he has uh, two friends in the whole wide world, and that's Harry and Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, he has no friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry is really hung up on wanting to kill Spider-Man, still just really awkward in Peter's own party. He knows Peter's friends with yeah. Spider-Man. He's like, I just want to kill that guy so bad. Peter's like, please, not now. <laughs> yeah, I, it's God. like, I have a hard time um, separating current events from, like, actors' performances sometimes. I don't and blame I'm just you. like... Huh? I don't blame you. Yeah, and just like I always thought, James Franco was like, like fine in these movies, but he was never like my favorite part of these movies. And yeah, just watching no. him again this time, I'm like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I don't think he does I've... a very good job in this movie. Like flat out, I don't think he does. He's just a very so good job. mad. He's like, I'm gonna kill Spider Man. Mm-hmm. 
And like this movie is cartoony, but even that's yeah. pushing it a little bit. Yeah, I do think he's better in this movie than in the first one. And really? The third one? Yeah. No, he's still weird in this movie, <laughs> but he's he's yeah. had like a couple. He's done a couple movies since Spider Man, so now he's in Spider Man too. So he's he's been able to like refine his acting a little bit more, but he's still being weird. And then Spider Man Three, he's just like over the top because he's like <laughs> full of himself now. <laughs> <laughs> We love but, you, James Franco, but you know sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And Tyler, this when uh, this uh, conversation between Peter and Harry, this one is is extended. But this is one of the scenes where I think uh, the theatrical scene was better. Like it just ends with Harry saying, "If you knew who he was, would you tell me?" And then Peter just doesn't answer, and then it cuts. I I thought that was better. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Harry also so- offers him an introduction to. Dr. Octavius, because he's working yeah, with right. him on a fusion project. Gonna put um, Oscorp on the map in a way my father never even dreamed of. <laughs> says that a billion times. I need tritium. <laughs> um, Aunt May is facing foreclosure on her home, and she gives Peter a sad $20 bill because he needs it, and it's just, it's a very sad scene. It's very upsetting. Or I was uh, very upset watching it. Yeah, no, it, it's, and, it gets um, me every time. Yeah, Peter's like, I can't take this. And Aunt May's like, yes, you can take this from me. It's like really emotional. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my uh, God. I mean, I don't need this way. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I will say for anybody who complains about a later plot point where they just happen to be at the bank when Doc Ock breaks into it, <laughs> this scene does set it up. I, yes, I don't complain about that. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you. I said anybody oh. who does complain. It makes sense. To for me. Those... Does anybody include you always? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I am, I am sometimes That's anybody. A conversation. <laughs> those huh? five people who complain about Spider-Man too. <laughs> yeah. Who does? Spider-Man that? I know, is I too know. serious in this franchise. That's not the Spider-Man I know. <laughs> I like it when he's a jerk to everybody in the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, why aren't we watching Amazing Spider-Man one for like the bonus episode on this? No. Because we'll do those eventually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But then, uh, I mean, don't you know who I am? I know who you are. <laughs> I'm Electro. <laughs> I'm Electro! Oh no. boy. <laughs> um, MJ, after Peter goes outside, I, I presume to go home. MJ's still there. I think she went to visit her parents. Yeah. Um, they still obviously share a connection, but Peter just won't go for it because he's Spider Man. Yeah. And, uh, MJ also tells him that she has a new boyfriend, and uh, Peter's real sad about that. And he's and he immediately knee jerk reacts, says, "Well, I'm coming to your play." Yep. <laughs> but he, she's like, "I'm seeing someone," and then he's like, "A therapist? That's great." I'm seeing someone. Therapy? What? No, <laughs> I'm seeing a guy. No, like a person. And she's like, like, yeah. and he's like, like a man. <laughs> it's just like a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that seems yeah. extended too. That's one of the extended scenes I enjoy. Oh, uh, shit, really? All right. Well, yeah. Um, the the amount of shit Peter gives Mary Jane throughout this whole movie it makes me really not like him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what makes her like so frustrated with him. But you know, she mm-hmm. can't shake the love for him. No, she can't. Like, God yeah. bless that that woman in a way. I'm like, like, right? wow. You could say like Toby's co- or Peter's causing all his own problems in this movie, and like he is, but like yeah. he's also nineteen, and I'm like I remember not being able to make sense of any sort of emotion at all. <laughs> as yeah. a te- 
as a late teenager. Yeah, I suppose we're three grown so. men just being like, just do it. Like, what are you talking about? And not being like a 19 year old that's like just moved out, moved out of his house. He's in New York. He's broke. He's a literal yep. superhero who's just literally learned mm-hmm. a lesson that like your loved ones are all in danger if a villain finds out who you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah, he learned that in a big aggressive way. <laughs> And then he goes back to his apartment, I think, after that, mm-hmm. and it's just a crappy, really crappy apartment, which uh, is, like, <laughs> for how cartoony this movie is, it's pretty realistic that he'd have a really terrible apartment because he has no <laughs> money, and he lives in New York. You see, that's that's the charm of this movie. It's like, yeah, it's really cartoony because it's a superhero movie, but it's also so grounded really well sometimes yeah (laughs) it's really fixated to the world and like new york city in general it very much so feels like it's just nailed in there spider-man's practically new york's mascot so it makes Mm -hmm. sense all he has for like spider manning is like a police scanner that he probably (laughs) spent all his money on like this is like you think about it's like man this is like the crappiest like get up for a superhero (laughs) but it just is even more endearing that way that's why I kind of respect Spider-Man as like a character in general. He's not he's not Batman where he has like he's like a multi-billionaire where he can just kind of do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to worry about things. He literally has to worry about day-to-day shit like everybody else. And yep. he's on, yeah. honestly not good at it. No, he's not. <laughs> and uh yeah, so it's just very admirable in that sense. He, it's a, he's a very much a superhero of the people, and that's very important. Yep. Beautiful freaking beautiful. <laughs> And then Alfred Molina shows up. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. He takes uh, Harry takes Peter to go see Alfred Molina, and uh, yeah, who's, who's, my boy, <laughs> who's really my not boy Alfred Molina. And <laughs> the second movie we've covered that has Alfred Molina in it. What was the first? Raiders. Oh yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> Jacob froze, and he just has a big smile on his face. Screenshot this. <laughs> Am I still frozen? You're moving around yeah. me. But you just like have a big old grin. <laughs> that should just be so it okay. the rest of the session. <laughs> oh, there you go. He came back. Good. Um, travel through time. Travel through time. Um, I like Otto Octavius a lot immediately. As soon as I meet him, I like him. I like him a lot, which I thought was yeah. really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned Otto is creating a renewable energy source in the form of a mini sun. Uh, yeah. Not as he's even more of like a father figure than like Norman was because mm-hmm. I yeah. think Peter likes Otto and he never really took to Norman that well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Norman, Norman was just Hobbit. being freaking creepy to Peter. He's yeah. like, I'm glad you like me, sir. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You have a son and he's my best friend. Please stop this. <laughs> he's right. He's definitely here. awkward dad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. So, oh, he sounds like he's flirting with Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, Otto, he's like, intelligence is more than a gift, young, uh, privilege, young man. It's a gift for the good of mankind. Yeah, because Peter's asking him about his experiment, and then, and then uh, Otto Octavius is like, my new friend thinks I'm gonna blow up the city. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, foreshadowing. Yeah. This, this silly boy. <laughs> silly boy. Yeah, Peter has lunch with uh, Otto after a mini demonstration, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Before, before. Yeah. Um. Oh, I th- maybe it's before. Yeah. 
So it's for, and they talk about love, and Otto says poetry never fails, and Peter goes on to read really awful poetry. Um, well, because uh, <laughs> Rosie, uh, Otto's wife, is there. Yeah, Rosie's there. She has she's just as much of that scene as anything, and like I just really like her and Otto's like relationship. Yeah, they're like, very good. She, it's really sweet. Like, yeah, it is really sweet, and I think Rosie's the one that says. Or no, maybe it's Otto. He says uh, that like love should never be a secret, and like is like actually trying to help Peter and stuff. Yeah, but they're basically a cute couple. Yes, they're very cute, and they talk about um him trying to explain quantum physics to her, and her trying to play, explain T. S. Eliot to him, and him not understanding it. And it's very cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. Evidently, this scene is supposed to like serve as what. Uh, some like sick not sick but like a sad dream world that like something peter feels he can never have so it's like the closest he's got yeah like it's a it is kind of a surrogate for a, him and mj like the boy who likes science and the girl who's like play and english and all that stuff the the artist yeah yeah the artist exactly although it's uh funny during that scene because he's like i was trying to explain the theory of relativity to her it's like the most like basic like um, like the thing, the science thing that everybody knows. Yeah, and he <laughs> says, "Yeah, Einstein, haha." And he went, "Oh, I don't understand T.S. Eliot shit." <laughs> and then Lily, Lily went, "Didn't T.S. Eliot like write cats? Kind of." I was like, oh, "Yeah." <laughs> and angelical cats are black and white. Um. So we we all did that. Um. Peter gets all dressed up for Mary Jane's play, and she's in the importance of being earnest, which I think is a little interesting. Um, just for the sake of this movie and Spider-Man not necessarily being earnest about who he is, maybe perhaps most of this movie. Oh. Ding, ding. Um, Spider-Man stops some crooks because he sees them passing by, and Peter misses the show because the doorman won't let no, him No, he in. almost gets hit with a... Remember? Yeah. He almost. does a backflip on his scooter. Oh, right, yeah. He almost gets hit by... He almost gets hit by the getaway How car, guys. How'd you do yeah. that? Well, you know. And then he... Eat your green vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. The little kids are like, I feel like I failed to highlight the importance, the scenes that are important to you guys. No, 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 no. You know, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. He just says, you know, eat your green vegetables. And the little kid's like, my mom always tells me to do that. And I never listen to her. It's so funny. And then Peter's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. okay, bye. And then he drives the getaway car to the thing. And then the cop's like, yeah, if you park there, I'm gonna tow you. And He's then like, Peter's cool. like, "Okay." <laughs> like, What's like Nothing really interesting or like badass to say. Just like, "All right." Yeah. Just like, not my car. <laughs> Whatever. Um, a doorman stops him from getting into the play. I honestly, to God, was shocked that that happened. I honestly thought that interaction was him being like, "Okay, but I'm going in there, and you really can't stop me." <laughs> It's Is not that? any doorman, it's Bruce Campbell. It's Bruce Campbell, yep. Yeah. Or I thought he was going to just break in through like a vent or something and really Spider-Man it up, but I was playing a Spider-Man video game where he would actually do that, not actually uh, <laughs> the movie where he's really sad and I don't think he could handle himself in any social situation. <laughs> Sits outside sulking. Exactly, <laughs> just sulks outside. Where I'm like, like, what are you doing? You can climb up walls, you can go through ventilation shafts, just sneak in. Found he doesn't himself. He could have exactly. definitely found a way to see that. Yeah, that's true. He didn't believe himself. He's he doesn't just believe in himself. All sad in this movie. Mm-hmm. But Connery, is that even protocol that ushers can do for plays? They 
can somewhat. I've never been at a play where I walk in maybe a little bit going to the bathroom and then I come back and they're like, oh, you can't come back in. I've never had that happen to me before because that's Ooh. literally crazy town. <laughs> if I pay for a ticket, I <laughs> should be allowed to, to walk a... in. Have you ever been to a play where you get in late and then the guy goes, your shoe's untied. <laughs> and then you're like, uh oh, oh. And then you go down and tie it. Yeah. And he goes, and then you walk forward and he goes, uh, ah, ah, you might you want might want to fix that. And then you, you fix your tie. And then you go up to him and he's like, How can I help you? And he's like, Oh, I'm late. He's like, Oh uh, no, you can't come in. You gotta leave. <laughs> well, I wear Velcro sketchers and uh clip on tie, so no, that's never happened. <laughs> and a clip on tie. tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. Clip on shoes and a Velcro tie. Yeah, clip on shoes and a Velcro tie that goes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the show. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, um, whoop, whoop-de-doo. Um, yeah, Peter misses the play, and and he sees that uh, he sees Mary Jane's boyfriend give, give her a hug across the street, and he is he's sad, and Mary Jane senses his presence but looks, and he's gone. Yeah, she has like Spidey sense also. Mm-hmm. She, has, but, uh, she has Peter sense. Peter sense. But Peter when, sense. Yeah. When uh, he saves, when he gets hit by that car or whatever, and he's like saving people, mm-hmm. um, everyone's about to get hit by that police car that's flipping over, and then like cuts over, like it does like an uh, a crane arm move basically to reveal mm-hmm. that it's like, it's like covered in webs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then some girl in the crowd is just like, "Go, Spidey, go!" <laughs> like, yeah. there's, like there's a lot of audience reaction shots in this movie. Yeah. I always like those. It's good. Mm-hmm. But then it goes back to uh, Alfred Molina and his inhibitor chip. Yes, yes. It's, his fusion demonstration is beginning. He introduces his scary tentacles, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, I don't like that. And he's like, do not worry. The AI installed <laughs> that's really advanced is stopped by a tiny inhibitor chip located on the outside of the machine. <laughs> and it's super fragile. <laughs> <laughs> it's super yeah. fragile. And then he go, and then Daniel Day Kim is just his assistant. Yeah, like, what the heck? Who'd go on being <laughs> lost? And it's a good actor. And then he goes, "Give me the blue light, Rosie." <laughs> Which I don't know why that always gets stuck in my head. <laughs> blue light, Give me a shot at the light. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the demonstration begins. He makes a tiny sun. Um, Harry's really excited. He thinks they're gonna be rich. Um, gonna win the Nobel Prize. Yeah, yeah. the sun immediately starts it, sucking metal things into it and people towards it, and Peter suits up like immediately. Um, pretty much immediately. Yeah. Destabilizing, yeah. Why didn't... Oh, I was just going to say, why didn't he test this before having everybody see it? But, you know, it's it's just, it's just a movie. It's it might fine. be the <laughs> own like, hubris of his intelligence, because when, even when he's talking to his tentacles later, he's like, I don't, I don't miscalculate. Like, I did the math. I never miscalculate. So it's like... Maybe it's the humor, humor, hubris of his own intelligence yeah, thing. Def- yeah, I'd say hubris because even Peter was like, "Are you sure you've like calculated the blah 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 blah?" And he's like, "Hey, hey, come on, I got this, I got this." Like, Rosie, yeah. kid thinks I'm gonna blow up the city. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> blow up the city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Things go really bad really fast. Peter suits up as Spider Man and he uh, turns off the machine, and Otto is shocked. I think that's what yeah. happens. Yeah, he's shocked, and the inhibitor chip blows up, and then a thousand shards of glass explode and kill Rosie. That was crazy. <laughs> Horrifying. What, like, what a terrifying, yeah. horrible way be- to die. Yeah. That happens, like, before the inhibitor chip. Yeah, because he sees that, right, and he's right. like, Rosie, yeah. no! Yeah. Because 
Spider-Man tries to pull out the cables and Doc Ock whacks him and then like Rosie's sitting there, standing there like trying to hide and then all the, he, the thing gets bigger and explodes and all the glass goes at her and then her reflection is in the glass and then it just like, right. Freaking nails her in the eye and then it's just like, yep, Doc Ock, you just got your wife killed. (laughs) Yep. And he does not take it well. (laughs) One of the few movies that treats glass realistically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will cut you to ribbons. <laughs> what other movies? Uh, glass. The movie yes. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> glass. First name Mister. Last name. Last name Glass. <laughs> so the machine destroys itself basically, and Otto <laughs> is left severely injured but alive. Um, yeah. Can I derail this? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> one time I did a, I saw a Q and A with Shyamalan. I went to go see the Sixth Sense uh, at a screening. And I want—I was so bummed that I thought of the idea when I got there because it was like an outdoor screening, and I really wanted to have a sign that said because this was just last year. But I—I I just wanted to have a sign that said first name biggest, last name fan, <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to show that to him. But I don't know if he would—he would have—he would have taken a picture of that. Yeah, he would have gone. Oh, haha! Put it on his Twitter. Put it on his Twitter. You'd be famous, skyrocketed. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, Tyler. Uh, your life would be different. Sliding doors. <laughs> <laughs> I could be Gwyneth Paltrow right now. You could. If not for that moment. You could have a different haircut this very moment. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. What were we talking about? Extraction? Uh, yeah, extraction. <laughs> so Chris Hemsworth really gives it to every person in this movie. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth uh, has to extract Dr. Octopus from the hospital. Right, and then yeah, he uh, learns Dr. to walk Strange again. Doc Ock learns to walk again. <laughs> Learning to walk. Yeah, at the hospital, Doc Ock's tentacles come to life, murder the entire surgical team. And Crazy it's, scene. It's Crazy awesome. scene. Mm-hmm. And then, truly horrifying. Yes, it's, it's like Sam Raimi's horror chops, and it, there's even an homage to Evil Dead because one of the surgeons like pulls chainsaw. up a chainsaw. It's like, <laughs> which I am sorry to say, I barely realized when I saw this on Tuesday. Like. Chainsaw because of Ash. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, I'm an so... idiot. <laughs> You're not an idiot. No. You're a buffoon. I'm oh, I am. I am. Rude. Um, Groovy. Alfred you know, I'm a, bit of, escapes. I'm a bit of an idiot myself. <laughs> As he hits himself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> Alfred Molini escapes the hostel and he Jake goes... Is dead. <laughs> you saying something connery no (laughs) not important he's done he's done (laughs) otto octavius breaks out of the hospital and he goes to the tim burton warehouse (laughs) danny elfman scoring everything yeah when he first breaks out lily's like oh he's like he's not very fit i'm like yeah he's just like a scientist man who happens to be attached to like these giant murderous things i think works well for spider-man yeah i'm glad he's not shredded he's never shredded like doc ock just isn't yeah (laughs) he wanted to apparently he wanted to have the body of like a 1950s weightlifter or something that makes sense oh i could see that yeah yeah Yeah. in the new spider-man video game i played doc ock is literally just like a a pudgy nerd with like gigantic tentacles though which i thought was very fun i'm like this is cool he's like balding he looks like a total dork and it's amazing (laughs) But yeah, um, 
JJ is very excited about the new villain in town, and they make a Doctor Strange joke, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah. J. Jonah, yeah. Yeah. Because Ted Raimi is, like, coming up with names. He's like, Doc Ock? He's like, no, it's crap. And then <laughs> he says something like, I don't know, this, the science squid? Yeah, yeah science, science squid. squid is the second one he comes with. It's like, bad. Doctor Strange. I know, Doc Ock. That's what we'll call him. Yeah, and then he says Doctor Strange, and then J. Jonah James goes, good, but taken. <laughs> And yeah, so um, Peter Parker shows up and JJ recruits him to go to a high society party at the planetarium that JJ's son's going to be at. And his son's an astronaut. J. Jonah. JJ, J. Jonah Jameson. John Jonah Jameson. Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name too. <laughs> so he sends uh, JJ Abrams to <laughs> the thing. And then Peter Parker keeps trying to eat hors d'oeuvres, but people keep taking his hors d'oeuvres before he can eat him. Yeah, before that, Doc Ock realizes that his inhibitor chip is gone and the arms on rebuild the machine, and he decides to do it. Anyway, to the party. Oh, wait, no, not even. Not even. Not even, yeah. We, we, go, to, we go to the stinking bank with Joel McHale, yeah. and he refuses to give the Parkers alone. And boy, it's, it's just upsetting. <laughs> what a dick. Put money in the bank. <laughs> Peter's got to make that bread so that he can put it in the toaster that they get from the loan investment. So they think. <laughs> so they are so they think plot twist they don't get the toaster no doc octopus shows up to rob a bit rob the very bank that they're at and mm-hmm. it, it he has a slick fedora on mm-hmm. and i feel like we failed to he mention those clothes like huh i think we failed to mention the entire time peter parker's uh web sling has been going haywire yeah he's so um important. yeah he's been like <laughs> not being able to use his abilities here and there Mm-hmm. Oh, I think glitching. I think we're bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not you, Jacob. You're the guest. It's not your. It's not your responsibility. Yeah, it's me and Tyler's um, fault. We're the garbage people here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that smell. No, like Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man throws his suit in the trash. We throw this podcast in the trash. We're done. And then you want to live a life of your own. <laughs> I feel like like Spider Man too. This is our most self deprecating podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I tend um, to bring that out in people. <laughs> so yeah, Spider-Man is jumping around, and then while he's flying around, he realizes he can no longer maintain an erection um, <laughs> while swinging. He's he like, falls "Why down, is this happening?" Like, hits his head really hard on some cars, and this looks really bad, like in a good way. That was some good stunt work. <laughs> Connor, he can't even process what's happening. We're just like jumping into all sorts of different spots in this movie. <laughs> I, I really like in the bank when Doc Ock first shows up and Peter runs and Aunt May's like, "Don't leave me!" <laughs> yeah, and then some cop is like, "Man, your kids are a true hero." Huh? Yeah, yeah. Joel McHale's like, "Your kids are real hero." Huh? I'm like, "Good job, Joel McHale." That's the two lines of dialogue joke you get. God. <laughs> Then he tries Ugh. to take a coin like a like a slab. Right. <laughs> and you know he was just going go up to the same room. He was like, should I, should I try to like take a coin? I think that'd be really funny if I just try to take a coin. <laughs> Community. <laughs> Community. Comedy. Funny. Yeah. And then Lily Dan is Harmon. like, so the currency in, in this New York is just gold coins? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, gold, gold to blue? And then I was like, it's just a movie. Don't take it so seriously. <laughs> and then you stomped off and wouldn't come out of the bathroom for an hour and a half. 
just had to go. I just had to go sit on the toilet out of rage. You finished the movie on your phone. <laughs> I'm okay with the gold coins. It's just you and me now. <laughs> She doesn't understand <laughs> these coins. It's so fucking hot. Don't this ever question it. I'm crying. Yeah. Oh, You're okay. getting on my nerves. I have a knack for that. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, and then he throws coins at Spider-Man, but Spider-Man throws them back at him, and then Doc Ock's like, ow! Here's your change! Here's your change. <laughs> One of the few quips he has, yeah. Great. Mm. Yeah, there's a really awesome... He, Doc Ock takes Aunt May hostage, and they fight yeah. on, the, on the walls of, like, a... Yeah, they fight in the walls, and it's really cool. And uh, then yeah. uh, he says the wonderful line, oops, butterfingers, <laughs> and uh, he, drops Aunt May, and Peter... He pulls that line off so well, though. Mm-hmm. He really does. Yeah, it's the best line. He even does a little like head thing, In any like movie. Butterfingers. He does like a little <laughs> yeah. <head> bob. <laughs> it's the best line in performance in any movie ever made. I would argue that Oops, Doc Ock values sure. human life less than the Green Goblin. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, like the uh, amount he like picks up and throws civilians at Spider-Man <laughs> just to, like try to escape. Yeah, I believe you. I could believe that because like. His whole thing is greater good, the but he doesn't care about the means. So I will sacrifice this old lady to create my fusion thing to be able to make the world better. That whole mentality. I mean, the Green Goblin does throw bombs at people and turns them into skeletons. But like, there are people he they doesn't fired like. Him. Alfred Molina is attacking like random <laughs> people true. all around him. Like anybody is a target. Or the Green Goblin's like, I target the people I don't like. Yeah. 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 But exactly. then uh, Stan Lee saves people again in this scene. He like saves some person he pulls them aside from like Look getting out. hit by a rock yeah that's stanley's cameo that's beautiful and then uh after he goes oops butterfingers uh <laughs> aunt may gets thrown back up again and then she's like holding on to the thing and she has her umbrella and <laughs> doc ock's about to shoot or stab spider-man with a big thing yeah because he's like using like a catapult system with his webs to yeah. get across yeah. like a slingshot and then aunt may's like <laughs> Shame on you! Oh, she's... Shame on mm-hmm. you! Yeah, she and then whacks him, him in the umbrella. head with the umbrella, and it like breaks his glasses, and he's just like, <laughs> "Critical hit." Yeah. She, Rosemary Harris, Aunt May, she did all her own stunts for that scene. That was really cool. That's fun. Really? Yeah. She yeah. was just like flying up like twenty stories yeah. up. Just, <laughs> she thought I can handle that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and she did. But yeah. So, and then in this fight scene in 2.1, it's also extended. They go into that library and he throws Spider-Man around. And oh, cool. Oh. Throws him out the window. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, oh, it is. Really it good is. Fight scene. Yeah. So, when since Doc Ock is able to punch Spider-Man and, like, take Spider-Man's superhuman punches, I pretty much just decided on my own that, okay, so he pretty much can fight spider-man head to head i'm just going to say that the the tentacles when they were fused into his spine they somehow like gave him robot strength too so basically turning him to a cyborg <laughs> i always argue in situations where um superheroes with obvious super strength are fighting like a normal dude with like 
a gimmick like Doc Ox. Yeah. Uh, they are holding back significantly. Although right? it does not certainly doesn't seem like Spider-Man's holding back in when he fights him, but <laughs> like I could believe I could believe Spider-Man holding back in this first fight, but when in the climactic fight when they go on the train, Spider-Man looks like he's straight up like not holding back. Yeah, and so it gets to the point where I'm like, yeah, he definitely stops at a certain point. And <laughs> I, I, I don't really I don't really understand the I don't know how to justify a, a regular guy being able to take a superhuman punch to the face. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really mind either way because it's just, I don't know like I you don't really. Think it's about just a it, movie, you guys. Spider Man. No, yeah. It's gold I mean... coins are their currency. <laughs> Doc Ock can take a punch. <laughs> um, I totally didn't think of the superhuman. Crap he's a bit when... of a butterfinger himself. Yeah, but the thing is, I wasn't thinking about that either until you just literally brought it up. I just, it, it just never crossed my mind. Like, as soon as he gets the arms, I assume he's a supervillain and can now take on Spider-Man. Yeah, pretty much that's what they hope you go with. I just remember we were watching this one time at the swamp. And then I think we one of us the had swamp. mentioned, like, people complained, like, how is he able to fight Spider-Man when he's not superhuman? And then we were all just like, who cares? Just enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like both of our response to Connery when we showed him Blade. <laughs> Connery's like, I don't understand this. Why is he doing that? And then both of us are just going, Because he's Blade. No, because you're... he's fucking Blade. Mm-hmm. There it is. I'm like, you've left out an expletive in there. Mm. Oh, yeah, you can you can cut it out. If you know. No, he's fucking Blade. We already cuss on this podcast. We have the red E. Yeah. He's Turin cursed up blade. a storm last time, and then he's like, oh, sorry. He's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Red uh, What was I going to say? Oh, the swamp. The swamp was the name of the apartment that me and Connery lived in. Yeah. We were in college. Some good times. It was, because a, of, it was because a nice Shrek apartment. Things. Yes, it was because mm-hmm. of Shrek things. It was a nice apartment. It's still being lived by some of our friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not live in an actual swamp, people. No. <laughs> it used to be a swamp. It did. Because uh, it was in Long Beach, <laughs> and that area used to be a swamp, so that played into it, too. But then they dug oh. it all out and built apartments. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you but go. But also because I'm an ogre-loving fool, so. Yeah, yes, I remember I are. petitioned hard against being called the swamp because it made our apartment sound like it was some kind of disgusting mess of a place, <laughs> but then I just gave in eventually. <laughs> yeah, your Fraser brain finally gave up. <laughs> <laughs> My Fraser brain. <laughs> that's, that's a very apt thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so the fight ends, and we go to the high society uh, party. I think Doc Ock basically just kind of gets away. Yeah. Um, Peter goes to the party. He tries to get finger food the entire time. He is denied every single step of the way. Uh, JJ takes him around and uh, makes him take pictures of himself and his wife with different members of high society, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Here's a, take a picture of the mayor and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, wife. <laughs> wife. <laughs> That's some like classic humor right there. It's like humor from like a 1950s movie or something. Oh, totally. Yeah. J.K. Simmons is really just ruling this movie. Like oh, he yeah. is. <laughs> I have on my notes. He's a force of nature in this thing. Like he's just so good. <laughs> he truly is. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they brought him back for uh, the MCU? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. He's he's an he icon. There's nobody him. else. Mm-hmm. 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 We meet. We have the moment of truth where um, JJ's like, "Take a picture. Take, take a picture. Of my son's coming with his girlfriend." And then Peter's like, "Okay." And then he goes, "Oh no, 
Mary Jane's <laughs> dating that guy, the astronaut, son of my boss. <laughs> and yeah, she doesn't look particularly happy, though, as she's hanging out with uh, Astro Boy, as I continue to refer to him throughout the rest of my notes. <laughs> he just has rocket boots and like a Speedo and wearing no shirt. <laughs> An odd outfit for a child. <laughs> child. He is a robot child, but... Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> uh, Peter and Mary Jane have a talk, and she is rightly pissed off at him for all the stuff he does to her on a regular basis, or she's like... Yeah, he leaves, like, a really bad apology on uh, through a payphone mm-hmm. on her voicemail machine. Yeah. And we're just coming up with a bunch of bad excuses, so she's really upset with it. Yeah. And she even tells him like I'm I'm marrying I'm marrying um Astro Boy because like you're you're just you're you're not there. Like you're an em- you're an empty chair is what she calls him. He's just mm-hmm. like oh. Day and- by day he gazed at her. It's not working, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> like like wait, I, I've been learning poetry. She's like, Who gives a shit, dummy? <laughs> Am I that supposed to magically make me forgive you? <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you talking about? We're so beyond that. That's like yep. we're dating and you learned a poem to tell me on our anniversary. That's cute and nice. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what? Uh, yeah, so he's a real pill in this whole time. Um, Peter's really sad, so he decides to take his anger out on the criminal element of New York City when he hears some sirens. But his web stopped working again. And he crashes. Oh, right before that, before Harry that, uh, slaps him around. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Harry Osborne. And Mary Jane uh, is proposed to. Or yeah. Her husband, whatever, right. her fiance his, proposes to him. Peter's or, worst five minutes of his life, like, <laughs> slapped yeah. around by my best friend, and then my love of my life is engaged. Not I love that scene where James Franco just slaps him like twice. He doesn't even punch him. He slaps him, and it's like a you idiot. What are you gonna do about it? You're not gonna fight back. <laughs> yeah, he's just like sad. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, what the hell, dude? Like, that's that. Uh, why are you doing this? Yeah. And then he tries to get a martini or whatever, and then it's empty. Yeah. It's trash. <laughs> it's trash. <laughs> it's trash, Brack. <laughs> Takes a long drink of trash. It's truly like the worst five minutes of his life. Yeah. But I do, I do feel like this movie. This is a testament to I think Alvin Sargent because just so there's so many little details that exemplify just how shit Peter's life is. Like the mar- yeah. empty martini glass. That's like that's he just can't catch a freaking break, and that is mm-hmm. just you feel his frustration with his life. It's those little moments that help you to feel what he's feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie helped a lot where, like, I have this really complicated relationship with the character of Spider-Man where, like, I really like Spider-Man. I love the idea of him, but I I can't stand Peter Parker. And I think it's less like I hate him and more like I'm so frustrated with his life and decisions he makes and the fact that he can't just ever find a coherent balance with being Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah, he. but that's the thing. That frustration you're feeling, I think that's that's supposed to be the frustration that uh, Peter's feeling. So mm-hmm. if anything, how you feel for Peter is how Peter feels for himself. Hence why he has self-loathing, he's depressed, and hence why he's losing his powers because he doesn't believe in himself. So that's just that's just testament to the story. I'm always like, if a movie makes me feel something, it's doing a job. And if that feeling is frustration, if that feeling mm-hmm. is like fear or like anxiety, the movie's doing its job and making me feel something. Exactly. Like, but I mean, the- if you're if you're frustrated with a person and they're ma- they're doing nothing wrong, then that's just the movie being bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That has to be bad. But like, if it's 
if it's something like this or like you're enjoying yourself it's good but you can't you're like why are you doing this yeah exactly it's like the movies make you feel something like it's good i always give movie praise when it can make Mm -hmm. me like elicit some kind of emotion Mm-hmm. But yeah, and he gives up his powers here because he gets mm-hmm. he hits his head on cars and he's like, I'm gonna just stop being Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, like he loses, he starts losing his vision. He can't climb up walls anymore. He's just like, all right, I'm done. I'm Spider Man no more. And we get that a uh, comic panel that's really famous of Peter Parker's uh, suit in the trash can and him walking away. His oh, vision with he... uh, Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah right. That's what like really cements everything. I, I just remembered it's which I really like that scene. It's like. You could say, like, out of context, that it's, like, cheesy because it's just, like, a white blown-out background and then them in the car. But, like, I love how stripped down that is, and it just works really well. It's, like, the final conversation. Yeah. It's his final conversation with him. It's basically, <laughs> I think I've compared too many movies to Rise of Skywalker already <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but it's, like, in Rise of Skywalker, when I don't the whole blame scene you, is <laughs> altered. <laughs> the movie left an impact on you. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Uh a gaping impact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, they redo the scene basically between Ben or Kylo and Han Solo. And it's like, yeah, that's what the scene is. It's like what you would have wanted your mm-hmm. final conversation to be with like your father figure. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. Except uh, be more positive. Except so. he like sadly like, rejects the responsibility of Spider-Man. When Uncle Ben's like, take my hand. Right. He's like, no, like I, I can't. It's Which, yeah, yeah, it's it's like he gives up on it. This representation, like Uncle Ben representing like his responsibility promise, and then mm-hmm. he's just like trying to like Peter's basically talking to himself, but you know, he sees like he's talking to Uncle Ben, and so it's just this inner choice that Peter's making with himself. Like, this is me making this choice for me, me making this choice for my uncle and the city. It's just making me miserable. So let me just try and make me happy for him. For my sake, like, like it's more like um, um, self care sort of conversation where he, you know, that thing where you tread the line between being selfish and just like you know taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's how what I feel like. Yeah, I feel like that's what this scene is. It's not meant for him to be. He's trying to make peace with Uncle Ben because he's trying to explain. I'm not trying to be selfish. I'm just I'm not happy, and I yeah. I want to be happy. It's. It's, it's like the person who inspired him to be Spider-Man. He wants their blessing to live a normal life and to give up this like immense responsibility he's placed on himself. And no, yeah. no matter how he wants to, he wants to just frame it in some way and have this imaginary conversation where he gets an okay, even though Ben doesn't really even give him the okay in his own head. Exactly, because Peter knows that he he he's, he wants to be happy and he's trying to take care of himself, but he is still there is still a level of selfishness that Peter is doing and that's why uncle ben doesn't say okay to- uh P- toby <laughs> okay <laughs> okay peter hey, do what you want be happy no uncle ben just like looks at him like it's your life you know mm-hmm. uh, and then raindrops are falling on his head yes and he loves being a nerd and there's just a huge montage of him like getting good at school and eating a hot dog i like and- this montage thing so i'm like this weirdly mirrors spider-man 3 when he does his own yeah. like worse montage <laughs> yes this is mm, what spider-man 3 was trying montage. to do again <laughs> well do you guys like this montage Th- this one yeah i do yeah it's yeah, like I a do. montage of him like a hyper dork it's funny 
Mm-hmm. It is like the inverse of the one in Spider-Man 3 where he's like, I'm super cool now, but yeah. he still is really nerdy. There's this yeah, freeze exactly. frame I really like where it's like, he's like, yeah! I love that freeze <laughs> yeah, frame. And then it's like in the middle of the shot and then he keeps going. <laughs> yes, it's so it's like out of a 70s sitcom or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing's worrying me. <laughs> <laughs> or like the end of Prisoner of Azkaban. Right, oh, yeah. The... <laughs> oh, he says freeze frames. Just like everything's blurry except his face. <laughs> Yeah. He goes to see Mary Jane's play during this montage too, stinking mm-hmm. finally. And he distracts Mary Jane so hard because she's so shocked that Peter <laughs> showed up and is paying attention yeah. to her. She's oh like God, flabbergasted. Actually, you know what? Because he's not an empty seat anymore. No, he's not. Oh. And she and that's exactly mm-hmm. right. And she's he's just like, like sitting on someone's lap. <laughs> I didn't get a seat, but I'm sitting here anyway. <laughs> so I don't know who, whose voice that was, but <laughs> <laughs> you see, yeah, I'm Peter Parker. Yeah, I'm Spider-Man. See, we're gonna bust your chops. Uh, I love this montage, and these are the kinds of things in movies that I typically and generally very much enjoy mm-hmm. because they're like the little cushiony moments. That break up scenes, uh, action scenes, and like more dramatic things. It's like you need a little bit of levity sometimes, and especially in the superhero genre, there's just like not a lot of stuff like this. It's either all this Definitely. or like all not this. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, where every scene is goofy, and like that works for that yeah. for what that is. But it's there's not like this movie just hits so many different tones. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really serious and dramatic, but it's not ever like really dark like. Batman v Superman or something. Can we talk about that very briefly? I keep seeing this article of like the 2001 Batman v Superman would be the darkest thing you've ever seen. The new Batman movie will be so dark. I'm like, I saw I, that somewhere too. I can't, I'm starting to not be able to stand this obsession with movies being like really, really dark, especially superhero yeah. movies. I'm, I'm just getting really sick of like hearing that phrase and like, I'm like, the whole point of Batman is like, he is a light in the darkness. Like that's just the whole deal. And I feel like so many people are just like, no, uh, it's broody and dark and everything's garbage and gross. And I'm like, he is a hopeful superhero. He wants to help people. His whole thing is he doesn't want to see people die. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Like, and there are, fa- there are iterations where like he is fun and light, but still like somewhat broody. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I just keep seeing that. I get more and more annoyed. So when I see a movie like Spider-Man 2, where he encompasses both aspects of, like, a human personality, where he's not just, like, a bitter monster the entire time. He's happy. He's sad. He feels love. I'm just like, I'm like, this is how, like, it honestly should be for a lot of these movies. Like, I don't want to live in the dark. I'd like to be in the light every once in a while. Exactly. I mean... Yeah, this really... Go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of Warner Brothers just wanting to make everything like the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. with because uh, it's like the, their most successful DC franchise, and so they're like, okay, we need to make them all like this. They like yeah. we're gonna they were gonna pay Christian Bale like millions and millions of dollars to be in Batman versus Superman with Henry Cavill, and he was like, nah, I'm, I'm done. We, we finished it. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And it's they were just like just trying to capture that element and they i guess i don't know christopher i don't know didn't make it clear to them or whatever that just that whole thing works for batman because yeah he's a light 
in this dark world. But, you know, it's a dark world that only he could really operate in, mm-hmm. in how it's portrayed in that trilogy. Yeah. Like, even in The Dark Knight, that's what The Dark Knight, the sequel at least, is symbolizing that he has to choose to become part of that darkness in order to save the city. And so mm-hmm. that doesn't work for freaking Wonder Woman or Superman. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> at least Man of Steel, for sure. Oh, yeah, no. It's it's ridiculous. I, I just want somebody to make a really good kind superman movie it'd, it'd be really interesting to see like uh jacob have you read uh tom king's like up up it's called up in the way i think it's called up up in the way or something like that but it's like the walmart superman comics that were coming out for a while and i think they, they just released released a collected edition of all the works and it's amazing like, that is a superman story and it, it's it's so stupid good i didn't even know he made superman <laughs> <laughs> he did he did uh, he did it's amazing it's superman it is called up in the sky it's superman up in the sky it's amazing the whole thing you you would love it the whole thing is literally just him hunt like trying to save a little girl who's been kidnapped and taken to space and he has to like do go this like giant space odyssey and meeting all these people just to save this oh, one little okay. girl and it's so important and so good so the mission is small scale that's already something mm-hmm. i love tom king because he he expertly uses small scale and and grand scale so exactly he's just a he's a goat already so i'd imagine i'd like it <laughs> you'd love it yeah anyway we got so dramatically sidetracked but yeah i went and Not got really. my computer charger because i'm like i don't need to <laughs> add anything to this conversation <laughs> i'm just gonna wait until they transition slowly back to spider-man 2 <laughs> read tom king tyler you'd like him <laughs> probably would i got tyler a, a comic book present for his birthday coming up th- this thurs this next thursday that i think he'll like hey hey is it a spoiler? Uh, no, it's not a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> is it the Spider-Man Two graphic novel? No, you're, you're gonna you're gonna start naming things. That I'm gonna get then I don't care. Didn't get, 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 get you it, so stop. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Tyler? I was gonna say I'm not an empty seat anymore. Punch <laughs> me, I bleed. Well, poetry. Because <laughs> you know, whenever you punch someone in the arm, they start bleeding. Well, he's a Peter punch. <laughs> It depends how hard you hit them, I guess. Or with a ring. <laughs> yeah, he puts a ring on it. Um, so yeah, he does he he talks to uh Mary Jane in Chinatown, which I think is like a semi iconic Spider Man thing. I don't know. I just know that they do it again in the Amazing Spider Man. But they're just talking about stuff and he's just talking about how he's totally different now and he he's not <laughs> secretly Spider Man anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh he he kind of asked her like don't marry don't marry this dude don't do it <laughs> yeah yeah and she's just like it, i'm sorry but it's like too late we can't let's pick up where we left off what we didn't even start what are you talking about she could still tell yeah. he's deluded by something and so she's like i'm getting married in a church which is harsh. <laughs> yeah, because he says, I always imagine getting married on a hill. And she's like, well, I'm getting yeah. married in a church, so stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, J. Jonah Jameson's received Spider-Man's dumped suit from a garbage man. <laughs> Get more of that from on eBay. Go on. <laughs> um, go on. He's really, really excited, and he mounts it on his wall. Um, but is, is that the scene where he puts it on and like plays with it for a little bit? Yeah, I think so. In the extended yeah. version, yeah, that's he's like playing in it, and all the employees are looking at him, laughing at him. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Banks is just like smiling so big. <laughs> it's just so funny seeing him like in that suit because 
it just makes shows how iconic that suit like those suit colors are mm. <laughs> and then you put on J- on jk simmons who has like the really heightened like hair mm. it's like very comic booky <laughs> and the big cigar it's just like this is straight up a comic book like i love it so much but so, you know it's so into spider-man it also goes to show how great of shape jk simmons is because he still wears that suit really well <laughs> yeah it's fitted well yeah. on him like it looks <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> yeah it makes me wonder if they even had a second one or if they just made him put on the same one. They made him put on the same one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like they make like make a whole bunch of different versions of that, of that suit over and over again. Oh, yeah, probably. Well, evidently, there was one that was from the first Spider-Man. There were like 12 Spider-Man suits that were stolen. And oh, so shit. That, wow. that little eBay joke where the trash man says, I could get more of that on eBay. It's because they found all the suits <laughs> on eBay and then they had to like <laughs> get them back and arrest the people who like posted them. That's so That's dumb. Funny. I wouldn't sell that on eBay. I'd keep that in my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't think. Yeah. It's like, a, I forgot to mention this on our Crystal Skull episode, but they made like 30 jackets for Indiana Jones in that movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Wow. Makes sense. And it's like just a jacket. I mean, like there's, it's obviously iconic, but it's just funny how many duplicates there are of things mm-hmm. in movies. Continu- yeah. Continuing down Peter Parker's path of normalcy, he sees a mugging, but he doesn't do anything. Um, he, yes. him and which Aunt- is really sad to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just like you'd never think you'd see him do that. Yeah, he's yeah. apprehensive. He almost interferes, but then he shakes it off and decides not to. Um. Him and Aunt May go to visit Uncle Ben's grave. Um, they talk a lot more about like him as a person and being a good man. And mm-hmm. that responsibility started to creep in back on Peter. Um, him and Aunt May have tea together, and he confesses that Uncle Ben's death is his fault, not hers, because Aunt May's been really beating herself up about like having Uncle Ben drive him there, even though Peter wanted to take the train. Yeah, and he said, uh, Peter says Uncle Ben was killed for being the only one to do the right thing that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's devastated, to say the least, to hear that it's semi-Peter Peter's fault. Yeah, he puts his hand on her hand, and she, like, actually pulls it away. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, crushing, because she's always, like, so loving of him and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems really intense. First time I saw it, I, like, it reminded me of when, like, I would confess to something wrong I did to, like, my mom. And then, like, hoping, hoping, hoping that... Like, either my mom or my dad are, like, going to be like, it's okay, just, you can't do that. But it always, like, gutted me when they were just, like, silent. And then would just yeah. tell me to go to my room. And then mm-hmm. I would see they would still keep being upset. And I'm like, are you still mad? And they'd be like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And that was, like, <laughs> worse for me. Yeah. So I definitely felt Peter's pain when she just, like, doesn't say anything and just leaves. It's like, how do you feel? <laughs> how do yeah. you feel? Obviously Mom, bad. I got in a cage fight with Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> I made a homophobic joke. Oh, and I also, uh, <laughs> That's I what we talked about in the first one. <laughs> Come on, Peter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we know you're a good guy, but you made a mistake. And uh, <laughs> I know. Who are you, the Joker? But you're a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Better standards, Parker. Come on. Punch up, not down. Anyway. Uh. Harry broods over pictures of Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, he drinks com- some Maker's Mark or something. <laughs> yeah. Doc Ock confronts him and says, like, hey, I, I need some tritium to finish my machine. And Harry's like, you know what? You you bring me Spider-Man, and I will give you all the tritium you could ever want. And he's like, all right, deal. 
And uh, Perry says, oh, um, find Peter Parker. He takes all Spider-Man's pictures, and he should know where he's at. And Doc Ock's like, okay. And he says, don't hurt Peter! Yeah. And he's, like, um, already gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are incredibly important, the things I'm about to bring up. Um, the scene starts as, like, a crane shot that, like, arms down. It's, like, a jib arm or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's completely, like, face downwards. Um, looking down at Harry, like bird's eye view, and you see, of course, a Maker's Mark bottle <laughs> that's put on its side so that you can see the brand name <laughs> facing upwards. So it's like, would Harry just like knock it over or something? Like, there's no reason why that bottle would be knocked over. And to honor, basically... to honor that cameo, I was d- drinking a delicious Maker Maker's Mark old fashioned tonight that I definitely finished <laughs> oh, <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> yeah, hours ago. <laughs> Excellent. You know, it's um, funny. This is the f- I've watched all three this week. This week, and uh, this was the first time I barely realized. Oh, Maker's Mark, because I went to the distillery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you'd be joining Maker's, me Mark, Maker's is... Mark tonight, Jacob. Oh, unfortunately, I don't have any. But I did uh, drink a Michelob Ultra, so nowhere Delicious. near that quality. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got a. Chris I, Pratt I, likes Michelob Ultra. True. He's in the ads true, for them. True. But anyways, Maker's Mark is just basically goblin juice. It is. Because <laughs> it's, it's, he drinks Maker's Mark just like his dad, and they both go crazy. Mm. It's just funny that that's like an ad, advertised thing in the movies. It's like, oh, yes, the villain who murders people, he likes Maker's Mark. Like, it's okay. goblin venom. <laughs> Maker's Mark, the drink of evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it man. says, crime up 75% on the newspaper. Where's Spider-Man? Um, the landlord's daughter comes in interrupting Peter's brooding session and uh, offers him probably the worst cake you can possibly make, just baker-wise, where you have a vanilla cake with chocolate icing. Just horrible. <laughs> it's like a baking atrocity. Don't do that. Uh, don't call yeah. it chocolate cake, at least. <laughs> yeah, don't go to Chop. Don't show it to Paul Hollywood. He'll slap that out of your hand and say you're gross. Paul Hollywood. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, so that seems weird because it doesn't really feel like it has any relevance, and that's probably one of the notes I could have deleted. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's well, nice though. Like someone is being nice to him. Yeah, yeah. I and was wondering she has a little what the point. Him. Yeah, I was wondering what the point of that scene because all these years I've watched this movie, that scene does kind of seem like it's it's random, but it's in there for a reason. So I was just thinking about it a little more while watching it, and I'm just like, is this just? Like that, like you know how in the beginning, Betty Brant, Elizabeth Banks, she like, hey, chin up. Is this like one of those instances where like this guy, maybe more for like art, the viewer's sake, like is this girl like, hey, you want a piece of chocolate cake? Oh, I'm sorry, you want a piece of vanilla cake? <laughs> <laughs> and and then Peter's like, sure, because so this scene follows the fire. And he mm. tries to save the day, but, you know, somebody still dies. And so this is when right. Peter, yeah. we're feeling his frustration, like like uh, the frustrations you have, Connery. We're feeling mm. his frustration of, like, I can't, like, be happy at all, no matter what I do. Because like, mm-hmm. we've all felt that. No matter what we do, we just we can't find some sort of peace with whatever decision we make. And mm-hmm. here comes this his neighbor just offering him cake, like, it kind of gives him and us a chance to slow down, I guess, and just, like, breathe and just, like, he's, he's like, will I have peace? And then a moment of peace comes to him, I guess. And then this mm. kind of, I don't know, I guess gives him some perspective, maybe. 
I like I like your thought a lot more than what my thought was about that scene, which was that it was like a glimpse of a life beyond Mary Jane Watson and maybe like, well, she's here. She cares about you. Like another woman could potentially care about you. But I like yours a lot better that it's his it's a moment of respite for him a lot more. That's what I. Yeah, I like that, too, Jacob. That makes more sense. But I mean, it it could also be both things like I was just going to say exactly the same thing, Connery, where it's basically like he has he's. He spends a lot of the middle part of this movie living his own internal life, like that whole montage where it's raindrops are falling on his head. Like he's <laughs> learning finally. It's as if he just went through a breakup and he's learning how to be single again or something, mm. you know? Yeah. Just how to like really appreciate himself. Except like he kind of broke up with Mary Jane, but he definitely broke up with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know? So he's like <laughs> trying to live his own life without yeah. Spider-Man and what that's like. Um, and then this scene is also, yeah, it's like you said, it's like, oh, maybe there could be, he, his life could just veer off into a different direction mm-hmm. and like his whole life doesn't have to revolve around mary jane exactly but, um but uh yeah that that uh fire scene or whatever basically yeah it's like i thought that was a really nice scene because basically he saves someone as peter parker just as a normal person and not mm-hmm. spider-man and i think to be spider-man he had to save someone as as peter parker first because yeah. It's like, that's what this, I think that's at least the atmosphere or aura that this whole movie projects onto me. <laughs> that's what I get from it is basically everyday people. They're like, I mean, it's not even, it's not even what I'm, it's not even a stretch to say that because I mean, even Aunt May, that's like the biggest line I remember is like, I believe there's a hero in all of us. And that whole scene makes me tear up every time <laughs> because I think that's what this whole movie is saying. That's it kind of defines the entire superhero genre because that's why a good reason, good, huge part of why we like superheroes is because they do the things that we wish we could do um, and help people. And I just, yeah, that's why I like that fire scene a lot, even though I thought that maybe uh, Green Goblin was going to be in the fire again. <laughs> <laughs> You're pathetically predictable, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best home default impressions I've heard on this. <laughs> um, I was watching Spider-Man 2 with Jared, and he made a, a comment. He said that the thing about this movie that the MCU movies don't do is this movie makes you want to be Spider-Man. I guess in that sense yeah. of exactly what Tyler just said, that you want to be the hero and safe you want to do what he's doing whereas in the mcu movies it's all these characters they're great and all but like you're thinking i'm never going to do that because they're they're fighting aliens and they're lift like holding helicopters and they're blowing everything up peter rushes into that fire as peter parker it's like you can do these things you can be a hero exactly Mm -hmm. and it's that it's that scene that adds to that groundedness of spider-man that makes him pure that makes uh, people feel like how Jared and what Tyler are saying, it makes you want to be a hero. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, attributes to the theme of the movie, choosing the choice of being um, a hero or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the the little kid, Henry Jackson, I think that's his name. (laughs) Who's helping Aunt May move. I know we're skipping a little bit ahead. No, you're fine. No, you're all good. Yeah. But, um, like Aunt May is talking about, like, oh, Henry Jackson. It's like, uh, 
he's nine years old, but he's got ambition. Like he's just like the little kid helping her move everything out because she's her house has to be like foreclose or whatever. For five dollars, what like, a gift! He, he knows the hero <laughs> when he sees one. Um, talking about like the little kid, and it just feels like a scene with like, you know, basically it's as, as if it's like Peter's little brother or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just like. Where's Spider-Man? Like, is he gonna come yeah. back and all that? And MJ and not MJ. Sorry, um, Aunt May knows he's Spider-Man. Like after that scene, I'm like, yeah, she knows you're Spider-Man. Like she knows. Like the right? way she's talking to him, like she knows you're Spider-Man. Like it she's another person who's lights. like, she's another person who has the dignity to not throw it in his face and, and say, I yeah. know. She, she, but she knows. Yeah. Who Aunt May? Yeah, Aunt May. Yeah, but even like it's not just that one line. Like that, just the whole speech she has is like, yeah. just so well written. Because she says, like, I believe there's a hero in all of us. But then she goes, like, talks about putting, like, having the ability to die with pride at the end of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, give up the things that we love the most, even our dreams. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> like, all this is so Profound. really, like, intense. And, like, that's kind of, like, a whole life, you I'll know? probably sound very highfalutin, like, but it sound, it's very Shakespearean. It's it's very, like, it's very, it sounds very grand and very, like, heroic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while still being really grounded because mm-hmm. it, I feel like it yeah. totally ties into she's saying this because she knows the man that Uncle Ben was in his lifetime, you know, and I think that's all he ever did. Like, you don't have to be a superhero. You don't have to be super rich. You don't have to, like, have powers or anything like that, like, to do the right thing. Like, at the end of the day, like, we're all going to end up in the dirt mm-hmm. um, in one way or another. So you may as well just try to do the best that you can because at least you'll know at like the end of your life that you did the right thing and, and that you're proud of what you did yeah. on this earth. You know? And she's fully believing this because of the truth that Peter told her about how he died. Uncle Ben died being a hero. And so that just mm-hmm. made her fully believe that now. If Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was good and revolved <laughs> revolved around maybe Spider-Man 2 as like a musical. This is the 11 o'clock number, if you ask me. This whole song she sings is what gives her a Tony. If you ask me, like, this is like, this is the moment where I'm like, yeah, where everyone stands up and applauds. Like, this, this like old woman who sings this like amazing yes. song probably about being a hero and accepting things and your fate, even if it's like really hard and difficult and yeah. you ev- anyone could be a hero. And I'm like, like, like yeah. That that's her eleven o'clock number. <laughs> Make her an egot from that speech. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely got teary eyed when I saw it again on it this week. It was it's a very one of the most beautiful speeches ever. Alvin mm-hmm. Sargent, you are the man. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, did he pass away? Yeah, he passed away like around this time last year. Aww. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like in his early seventies when he wrote this movie. Oh, wow, really? Oh, okay. So he was probably like, yeah, like almost 90. He was like in his late, mid-80s, I guess. Yeah, I think he, he was died. like in his early 90s when he passed. So, <laughs> oh, God, I might get teary-eyed right now. Hopefully he oh. got to live true to what Aunt May said. Yeah, probably. he went to his grave. Hell, he Spider-Man just, too. yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not, he, he, didn't, he didn't go to hell. I wrote Spider-Man too. <laughs> I wrote Spider-Man. Actually, I read an article where he said he wanted, like years ago, like in 2011 or something, he wrote, he said in an interview, he wanted on his tombstone, his tombstone to say, finally, a plot. A plot. <laughs> I get it. That's a joke. It's funny. <laughs> That's good. I enjoy that. <laughs> something I'd see at the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I think right after this speech, he comes back as Spider-Man, right? Yeah, he he resolves to like kind of just get his act back together, and he does that really hard fall when he does like the <laughs> building jump, and he goes, "My back, my yeah. back." Strong focus on what I want. And then um, there's a newspaper that says he's back or whatever. That like spins on because he saves some. He saves a bunch of people. There's a whole montage where he saves people again, right? Or am I imagining that from the first one? Yeah, it's not in my notes, but possibly yeah. The first one. But then this the newspaper like flips onto screen, and then it's like Spider Man's back, and then he just like busts through the newspaper. I'm like, hell yeah! The newspaper shows <laughs> so up cool. after he uh, steals the suit back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. right. Yeah, that's a little later because we have like Peter still yeah. getting his shit together. Because yeah. MJ, tr- MJ tries that awkward that upside down kiss with Astro Boy, except it doesn't, yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> He's like, yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> she's just and she's like, like yeah. oh, I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel nothing with this guy. I got to talk to Peter. <laughs> yeah. She grabs coffee <laughs> with Peter and he shoots her down I again. <laughs> like, I want to jump through the screen, just slam his, throw hot coffee in his face and be like, stop it. Stop hurting this woman. And then she's like, you know what? Kiss me. What? Kiss what? me. Because I know you're bullcrapping and I'm sick of it. So kiss me. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Show me, and I think that's her thing. Is like I, like I also I want to firm something up that you're definitely a hundred percent also Spider Man, because <laughs> she remembers the kiss at the end yeah. of the first one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's when Doc says, Ock okay, shows up. Wait. Again. Put this paper bag halfway over your head. I need to try something. <laughs> I need to try something. <laughs> why? Why do you want the paper bag? This is my kink. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, yeah, um, Alfred Melania Doc Ock shows up again, and he uh, grabs Mary oh, Jane. Right. And... That's when they're... Sorry, this is when they're having lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how the whole thing starts. Yeah, and then uh, Doc Ock grabs Mary Jane, and he's like, hey, tell Spider-Man to meet me at the clock tower at 3 o'clock. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll kill Mary Jane. Who, who knows? <laughs> He doesn't just grab Mary Jane like a car blasts through the window and Peter saves him at like the last second in like right. a cool slow-mo thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I this I feel like this is a good opportunity. I forgot to bring up that Bill Pope shot these three movies and mm-hmm. he's the one, the DP that shot the Matrix movies. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, he's the master of slow-mo. He knows what <laughs> he's doing. Fudge, at the same time, all these movies came out like in the same years. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, I think Revolutions came out in 2003 or something. So, yeah, he was shooting them, like, back-to-back. Crazy. Nice. Early 2000s yep. were really good to this guy. So, yep. <laughs> so fueled by rage, <clears throat> Peter Parker has regained all of his powers. He can see without his glasses. He has spider sense. His webs come back. He, he takes the suit back from J. Jonah Jameson's office. And uh, as soon as like I like love that scene so much because J. Jonah James is like, oh, crime's up seventy five percent. Uh, like Spider Man was a hero. I just didn't see it until now. And he turns away for a second. The suit's gone. There's a note on the wall. He's like, he's a menace. He's a thief. yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I want Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, so good. And then that's when he like, he crashes through all the newspapers and he's back yeah. and taking on crime. And uh, yeah, that and cool then... shot where uh, uh, zooms out from Doctor Octopus's glasses. 
Mm, yes. <laughs> and he confronts Doc Ock on the um, clock tower. And yeah. they have a really cool clock tower fight. And then the clock tower fight leads to the legendary train fight. Yeah, which that whole battle is like still one. Like I said, it's one of the best fight superhero fight scenes ever. Mm. That fight it's- scene's better than so many like MCU fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and it just plays in my regard of like Doc Ock like plucking civilians from the inside of the train, just like throwing yeah. them at Spider Man. Like he yeah. just doesn't care. There's true danger there, mm-hmm. um, yes. which I feel like also. Especially, well, not just MCU movies, but I feel like especially those, like, you don't really feel true danger that often. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the villain, a lot of the times, isn't, like, truly evil because they want to bring them back in some way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Loki or someone like that. But it's either that or they're just like, I'm a bad guy. But they're not, like, straight up murdering people on screen, you know? Or, mm-hmm. like, killing people, <laughs> surgeons yeah, with chainsaws and stuff. <laughs> you know? it's It's, like, the small element of, like, it's not like a faceless crowd of millions of people. It's two people he's throwing at this hero to be like, look right. how little I ca- one care about human life and two, like I'm going to put other people's life in danger so I can escape. And it's, it's infinitely more scary. Like again, got a dark Knight Joker here when it's like a few people at risk more so than like, Oh, the whole city will die. And it's like, okay, like, that's not a big deal. It was like, you mess up saving this one person. They're dead. And it's all your fault. <laughs> So, I don't know. It's just a little bit more intimate, yeah. and the fact that it's intimate is scarier. Even yeah. that, like, Dark Knight, the two boats with the prisoners and, like, the guards or whatever, mm-hmm. as opposed to Batman Begins, where it's just like, we're gonna smoke the whole city with poison <laughs> gas! You know, it's... One one definitely means a lot more. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. One's more human than the other, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, the Rachel Ghoul's method is, like, straight up um old-fashioned villain like the we're gonna destroy the city and then joker he's like okay over here i got the boats over here i got this construction site and i have the hostages appearing as the gunmen so let me mess with you guys a lot just yeah the the intimate aspects of all that mm-hmm. what if him uh burning all that money in dark knight was just actually a, a ruse he didn't actually burn all the money he just made them think he did and then his the true chaos moment he had is he put all that money to fund 2019 Joker. <laughs> <laughs> to so true chaos, nothing as twisted as that. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> I have a condition. <laughs> I forgot. God, I forgot to mention that uh, James. I said it in the first movie, but. He definitely does it in this one that James Franco calls his butler Bernard. <laughs> right, right. He does. Thanks, Bernard. And Thanks, Bernard. Calls him Bernard. The <laughs> third Bernard. one he calls him Bernard? Willem Dafoe calls him Bernard, I'm pretty sure, in the first one. Oh, well, I just know Bernard. But James Franco calls him Bernard. Maybe he's just so drunk off delicious maker's mark <laughs> that he's slurring his words. Yeah. Good night, Bernard. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. Man, but yeah, that's, fighting on the train. That fight scene, Peter's badass, getting beat up. Then apparently Doc Ock does escape at one. No, no, he doesn't escape. He disappears because the train's about to derail. Yeah. and Peter is like, "Oh, I got yeah." Stop he says, this "Train." I think you have a train to catch or something like yeah. that. And then a tip of like, his hat. <laughs> <laughs> and so Peter has to stop the train with all these people on it, or they're all gonna die. And he really 
tires himself out doing it. He like shoots all the webs and eventually stops the train just as about to crash off the railing. I, the way I describe it makes it sound so much less dramatic and tension filled than it actually is on screen. <laughs> no, that still sounds dramatic. Don't worry. Oh, good. <laughs> he tries to uh, stop it like by shooting webs, and then like that doesn't work. And he's like, "I have to shoot a lot of webs by being in the front <laughs> of the train." And like, because he puts his feet down at first, just trying to stop it with his feet, and he's just like, "Ow!" It <laughs> <laughs> hurts. He makes a lot of fun faces during that scene. Yeah, he shoots all the webs, and he's just holding the whole train back, and he's making really like extreme faces. And Lily was laughing really hard because <laughs> they're just like really dramatic faces. And he's yeah. just like, "Ah!" <laughs> But it's in really the, like intense. In the yeah, honest trailer, they're like uh, starry Spider Man pooping, and then it's him like calling <laughs> back the train. Yeah, <laughs> it's mean. Um, so Peter Parker's exhausted. He nearly passes out and falls like forward and like off the mm-hmm. tra- rail ra- rail line track. But the citizens of New York grab him, and they do that like Christ like carry over their heads to like safety. And a pair of kids give Peter Parker his mask back, and they're like, don't worry, we won't tell anybody. Yeah, um, this is like the second part in the movie that I just tear up. (laughs) Because some some guy is just like, he's just a kid. He's like my son's age. He's no older than my son. uh, Yeah, and then some guy like right next to him, like sitting down on the ground or whatever, like kneeling down or whatever, is like, it's all right. Like, don't worry about it. And then the kids come up, yeah. He's like, don't worry, we won't tell anyone. He's like, thanks, guys. Um, It's wholesome AF. But fun fact, those two kids, those are Tobey Maguire's half-brothers. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I kind of figured they were related to somebody for some reason. Yeah, right? I mean, that kind of of, uh, presence in a scene, they got to be related to somebody. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I forgot to mention that the civilians on the train actually try to stop Doc Ock. Yeah, they the do. Scene. They they pull a Green Goblin and they're like they're like, hey, you're gonna have to get through us if you want to get to him. And he's like, all right. And he just he literally just goes through them. And then he's just like, very well. <laughs> he just push. <laughs> I just love but how then, cordial uh, he is. <laughs> somebody else just says it's good to have you back, Spider Man. And then he puts a mask on him. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like it's that beautiful. whole scene is just. Everything I've ever wanted to see in a superhero movie and like didn't know that I needed until seeing this movie. And you just never have had a scene like that in any other... Like, no other superhero movie is concerned as much about emotions and like side characters. Like, every MCU movie, like you'd never even see civilians, really, you know? Yeah. And I'm not like just... I'm not just trying to totally shit on those movies. They're just a different thing. But I yeah. would just really love like some sort of interaction between... like the quote-unquote real world, like this, like you said, Jacob, this movie is so grounded compared to something like um, a lot of modern The Avengers. The Avengers has a couple moments, but it's nothing like Spider-Man 2. Like in The Avengers, I could think of when Loki's in Germany and then he makes everyone bow and then the old man rises up and tells him, no, I'm not going to bow to you because you can assume he's probably like a Holocaust survivor or something. And then, yeah, he says like I've met men like you before. Yeah, there are always like men that. like you. And then and that's part, that yeah. part's like the best part in the like the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that that's part's really part. awesome because of the humanity that's, my that's part added. In, like the whole MCU. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, can you have more stuff like that? Like, why yeah, not? exactly. 
It's, it's just, important it's, to see common people standing up and being like, you can be a hero of like these guys, but just in a different, possibly more impactful way because you can do yeah, it in real just life. Participating in some sort of manner. Mm-hmm. And then Loki goes very well, and then like moves them apart with his octopus arms, <laughs> crushes his skull. <laughs> Remember when Doc Ock almost does it to Spider Man? Absolutely horrifying. That's yeah. in the freaking dark Raimi cut. <laughs> yeah, That's in the, the Evil Raimi Dead cut of Spider Man Two. <laughs> it reminded me of a uh, in the comic Invincible, my favorite bad guy in the whole thing, Dinosaurus. He. Uh, he has like Mark Grayson, the main superhero's head. Like Jacob, you've read all of Invincible, right? Or no, you haven't yet. No, <laughs> no, that's so upsetting to me. Um, but at one point, this big dinosaur has like. I'm still gonna spoil it for you. I'm still gonna do it, but I'm not gonna tell you what happens or why, um, or what the reveal is because he like has any like. There's like this big full panel of him just like crushing Mark Grayson's head, and it's just like, oh my god! It just like bursts, and you're like, ah! it's absolutely horrifying. Is that? As much emotional impact as the uh, as the cliffhanger for Saga. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I I audibly gasped during that. <laughs> there is no comic. I think Invincible is a close second where I gasp frequently, but God, the amount of times I, I just jaw drop in Saga is just so often. <laughs> that good. Mm. Should I go get my other computer charger? Yeah, we're gonna get into Saga real quick, Tyler. Um, so Connery. (laughs) Yes. Um, let's talk about Prince Robot for a little bit, Jacob, and the morality of that character and his changes and ebbs and flows. He's really horny all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Anyway, let's go on on the extra. Much like uh, Norman Osborn, (laughs) all the time around Peter Parker. (laughs) I'm something of a scientist myself. Licks his lips. Perhaps I can show you a few things. <laughs> You're a man who likes to pull his own weight. I like that. That's admirable. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Doc Ock brings, uh, after he clocks Spider-Man unconscious, he brings uh, Spider-Man special package delivered in barbed wire to Harry Osborn. <laughs> Harry Osborn gets another shot of Maker's Mark as he pulls his knife off his desk. <laughs> he sure does. And he is about to, he unveils Peter Parker or he unveils Spider-Man to be Peter Parker. He is just shocked and he's like, "Oh my god. You, but how? Why?" And Peter's like, "Can you calm down for a second? Doc Doctor was taken MJ. Where where is he? Where did they go?" And he's like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. and then it kind of cuts away, but we assume he <laughs> tells him where she is. He's just making that stupid face, Peter. You killed my father. <laughs> I like Don't it. I, this just reminds me when, because uh, Spider-Man does save Nor- uh, Harry when the reactor's going off, like way in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, yeah, Spider-Man saves him, and Harry's like, "This doesn't change anything." Like, yeah. really mad at him. Yeah, and, and you can almost like feel like Spider-Man like rolling his eyes under the mask. <laughs> yeah. So and petty. Then when he's outside of the building, he's just like. Oh, that dang Spider-Man made me look lame or something. Like he did yeah. something really weird. You humiliated me by touching me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was so weird. Even by touching me, Harry's like Let's the most touch sir. of the common man. Oh, yeah, God. and then he just like puts on his really dumb wraparound glasses that are so cool <laughs> and walks away. Ugh. Oh shit! 
Uh, yeah, this is the final final fight. Yeah, we arrive back at the Tim Burton warehouse and Doc up <laughs> fires up the machine. Spider-Man infiltrates. That almost sounds like a an outfit like place, like a soup <laughs> store. The Tim Burton warehouse where we sell black yeah. jeans, skinny black <laughs> they jeans. They sell only they sell only pinstripe suits and <laughs> like big collars, like uh, blazers, coats with like really huge collars. <laughs> Yeah, there is an all, all there is an all wrangly. black section and an audaciously colorful section. <laughs> yeah, and there is a sign that says "No taste." No taste. There's the Beetlejuice collection, but there's only three items. There's only three items. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Well, we can open this Emporium after we're done. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah Tim Burton so, Warehouse. Um, Tim Burton Warehouse. Uh, Doc Ock fires at the machine. Um, he sees Spider-Man infiltrating. Um, the sun machine he turns on gets Im- goes immediately bad again. It seems like he still doesn't have the right calculations. Uh, MJ's flying. He just needed more tritium. <laughs> he needed even more. I think, what was the trade between Harry Osborn and him? Is it, like, I guess it's to get Spider-Man, but, like, are you sure he couldn't just give him a steady supply of Banker's Mark? For, for the tritium. You know, I bet that was his like initial bid where he was like, I can give you all the Maker's Mark you could ever drink. And then Odd Octave's like, nah, I smoke cigars. I don't drink Maker's Mark. <laughs> where does he get his cigars? Does he steal I those too? he was robbing the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, where did he get that slick fedora? He got it somewhere. Uh, where did he get a, a coat civilian. that could hide his arms? <laughs> yeah. You never know what you'll find in a trash can in New York. That's so true. Uh, New York you might City. even find some tritium. There's only 25 pounds of it in the whole world. It's bound to be in a trash can somewhere in New York. <laughs> That's just me like looting things in any RPG. I'm like, what's in this trash can? And the thing is, you'll get more crap. Find cool. an amethyst on a horse. Yeah. It's an ultimate weapon that I can use to defeat every villain now. <laughs> cool. I found it in the garage. Oh, my God. Oh, so boy. they're fighting, and then eventually Peter gets whooped, and then uh, his mask is showing, right? His, yeah, his mask, mask is gets ripped apart. Yeah, and, and then he goes, Peter off. Parker, intelligent but lazy. <laughs> yeah. And then that little face oh, he makes afterwards. Lazy. He's like... He says, uh, brilliant but lazy. And then he makes that, like, eh? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Funny? Did I make yeah. a good joke? A little I'm eyebrow raised to destroy that the city. <laughs> like, uh, uh. He so tells a really creative. awful joke in, like, the very beginning when he's first about to start up the machine. You guys remember that? that? And, like, everyone's yes. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, is anybody missing a giant wad of cash? Because I found the rubber band or something like that. Yeah, yes. and everyone's I'm like, like uh, oh, God. <laughs> but you know what? Relevance he, to this. <laughs> immediately after, he does say, it's a terrible joke. But it's okay. I delivered yeah. it perfectly because I'm Alfred Molina. All right, on to the <laughs> main event. <laughs> but it's almost like, who told you you had to say this? That's what it feels like. It feels like someone like, okay, now you have to say this joke. To like Dr. Octavius, not to Alfred Molina, but it's like to Dr. Octavius. To be like, okay, you open with this joke. And be like, Really? I I don't really feel like I need to open with a joke. Like, no, trust me, you have to open with this joke. <laughs> it's gonna kill. It's gonna kill. And everyone's like, ah, that's funny. He's like, all right, anyway, let's get to the actual project. My death arms. My death arms. <laughs> Speaking of death arms. So, I think ultimately, yeah, like, Peter ultimately doesn't even beat Doc Ock. 
in a fight, he like doesn't does the chip even get messed up? I think he just convinces him mm-hmm. to like restore his brain basically and become a good person again. Like he uses logic. Yeah, he uses my favorite thing to do in any RPG, any script I write in general, where it's use your words and you can probably solve <laughs> any problem. <laughs> yeah. And I just would like to say the true superhero in this movie is got is probably Aunt May because she's the one that like convinced Peter to become Spider-Man again. But then even when Spider-Man wasn't enough, Peter took all the lessons he learned from her and like mm-hmm. Uncle Ben to convince um, Otto Octavius to be a good person again because they he kind of is a father figure and they definitely thought of very similarly before he became possessed by the inhibitor trip. <laughs> yeah, Otto Otto wanted to be a hero too because he wanted mm-hmm. to create a new energy source and save the world. So he wanted to be a hero as well. Yeah, he even says, I will not die a monster. And when he's yeah, like exactly. finally containing it and drowning the machine in the river and collapsing the warehouse. But yeah, more on to what Tyler was saying. Spider-Man had to be Peter Parker in order to defeat Dr. Octopus. Mm. Whereas he's Peter is speaking to Otto Octavius and not Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus already had their fight on the train. Now it's just mm-hmm. Peter talking to Otto, which is where that um, method of of resolving a conflict uh, that you really love, Connery, really does make more of an emotional impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because the two characters have like a prior relationship and yeah. mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Not because like he outpunches the other person. Um, it's not even like, so. it's, it's so different from even Spider-Man one where he does like beat the shit out of green goblin. And it is like a real, like, <laughs> fisticuffs knockout brawl. And this one, he's just like, dude, like pull it together. Like, I know you're a good person. Like, just like, stop. I can't turn this thing off. You have to do it. Yeah, well, Spider-Man's yeah. like, how do I do it? Please tell me how to do it. But then Dr. Octopus is like, no, I'll do it. And then he mm-hmm. still gets to be a hero. Yeah. Yeah, he goes, I will not die a monster. And then like, breaks all <laughs> <No>! the things. <laughs> <laughs> and then he drowns. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer. But New York is yeah. saved. Peter escorts MJ out of there. And they have and one then... more talk between the two. With Peter confesses that he does. He loves MJ. He says, I do love you, but... We can't be a thing because you know I'm Spider-Man and if we date, you're going to be in danger forever if anybody finds out who I am. So I'm sorry, but we just can't. And it's kind of like a classic Spider-Man comic where like they're just like sitting on a big web mm-hmm. and it's pretty like romantic. It yeah. is. It's very sweet. I, I like that she's just kind of like holding on to it and she's still just kind of on the sides. It's very sweet and nice and pretty. Yeah. yeah. When uh, Peter turns around and it's like revealed that for sure it's, it's Peter as Spider-Man, and then she makes that face. Do you think that um, it's genuine surprise, or she's just like, "I knew it." It's the second one, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think, think she knew. knew it. She had a feeling, at least, you know. Yeah, she had a hard. She didn't put that paper bag on her on his face to true to do the kiss check. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Give me the kiss check. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> uh, well, I thought it was J. Jonah Jameson under that mask. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just Spider-Man. Uh, well, I'm just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm a menace. Has a hole in his, he has a hole in his mask for a cigar. I was going to no. say for his mustache. Oh, yeah, that too. 
I think there's like a Spider-Verse comic where J. Jonah Jameson is a Spider-Man and it's pretty great. <laughs> or like the design <laughs> of it's really great. fun. <laughs> um, so we cut back to Harry Osborn after MJ's finally safe and she hugs Astro Boy and Spider-Man slings away. Harry is angrier than ever. Um, he hears the voice of the Green Goblin because he drinks too much Maker's Mark. And <laughs> <laughs> too much Goblin Juice. Too much Goblin Juice. And he even sees Willem Dafoe and he's like, Avenge He's me! Goblin that juice. Yeah, he's Goblin <laughs> Juice. And he goes, Avenge me! And then Harry's like, no! And he throws the dagger at the mirror and it breaks to reveal the Goblin hideout. And he sees all his dad's stuff. He's like, oh... My dad was the Green Goblin. Well, I can kill Spider-Man with all this stuff. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was gonna say, oh, go ahead, Jacob. No, you go. <laughs> it's not. Important. I was just gonna say, especially by the third one, I'm definitely like Bernard is complicit in all of this. Like, <laughs> he definitely needs to go to prison because it's he just like all his totally fault. knew what was going on the whole time. <laughs> Bernard needs to go to prison. Like, Bernard could have gone downstairs after hearing that glass break and then see Harry in that lair, and then Bernard could have been like, the night your father was killed, I cleaned his wound. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, boom. That is such a good Bernard (laughs) freaking impersonation. Thank you, Jacob. You're welcome. You're welcome. All Bernard right. is the anti-Aunt May. He does all the things wrong as, like, the voice of reason. Yeah, I was going to call him the anti-Alfred, but that makes more sense in the context <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> Anti-Alfred. Both make sense. Yeah. Um, MJ is about to get married to Astro Boy, but, you know what, then she decides to ditch it, and she runs through Central Park, and I was all like, dee na 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 uh, I don't get it. it. It's a friend's joke, Tyler. You wouldn't understand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I wouldn't. It's not Frasier. It's not the Friends Chise. Hey, at the franchise. I don't know why I'm singing Sweet Life. Um, Here in yeah. New York, everyone New York is white. The other is white, and the other one's white, and the other one's white. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> She goes to Peter's apartment all like in her bridal gown and everything and she's like, "You know what, dude? I don't care. Like, I love you. You love me. We're we're going to make this work." And Peter's like, "Okay, you know what? Fine. Let's do it." And we hear sirens after they kiss and she says, "Go get him, Tiger." And he jumps out the window and we get that awesome him slinging through New York and he's going to save the day. And then at the end of the credits, Michael Bublé sings the Spider-Man theme. <laughs> He sure does. Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man. I saw Jacob's tweet about Mary Jane looking sad at the end of this movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, what do you, but what do you guys think about that last shot of the movie? Because I remember when I first saw it, how I was all like, yeah, he's Spider-Man and he gets the girl. And then it immediately goes to sad MJ. I'm like, oh, what? And then it ends. I mean, it's completely yeah. realistic why she's making that face because yeah. she's like, mm-hmm. I just entered a relationship with a superhero, so it makes with a Spider-Man. Pretty... Yeah, with Spider-Man. But how do you guys feel about that final shot? I think the thought enters her head in that moment. Where I will always be second to Spider-Man. Like I will. I I I can't. I'm not going to be. His responsibility will be Spider-Man first, and then her. 
which I think is what she kind of maybe realizes in, in that moment where he abandons her to go fight crime and be Spider-Man and save lives. And so she's like, I can never ask him to choose me over Spider-Man. I will have to deal with this for as long as I'm capable of dealing with this. And maybe the thought enters her head, like, how long am I going to be able to do this? Yeah, I think it's really like just a heightened example of any relationship where it's like, I don't think any relationship is like perfect and like nobody ever like doesn't have issues or like argues and stuff like mm. you have to work on a relationship like all the time and like have that like work life balance and everything and having a relationship on top of that, you know, and mm. then on top of that, you're Spider-Man. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's just being older now and not like a little kid watching this, whatever. I'm just like, yeah, this this feels a lot more real than just like being totally optimistic about it because she knows how difficult this relationship is going to be sometimes even though it's it's worth it and like sometimes a really difficult relationship is really worth it it just you both people have to both keep putting in the effort you know mm-hmm. yeah and not course. become emo spider-man yeah no yeah i mean that all makes complete sense i just always would have preferred her making some sort of like small little smirk or something like this is gonna be yeah. difficult but you know i still love him so i'm happy with my decision or something Yeah, it's like knowing the context of where Spider-Man 3 went, that would have been nice, but then they also like didn't know where that was going to... It's like, it would have been nice if the ending of Spider-Man 2 was just like totally optimistic because 3 just gets like... (laughs) Yeah. Really like negative and like all over the place, you know? Oh, yeah. I I like it. It feels like a very private moment of like, it's just her. Like, nobody's around. Like, she even like ignores us as the audience in our opinion of the situation. It's literally just Mary Jane and what she's thinking at that moment <laughs> true like she's coming to terms with her choice yes mm-hmm. her own responsibility yeah with great then... power comes great response she has the power <laughs> of love and now she has to deal with the responsibility mm-hmm. of being and J. jonah jameson has the power of saving money from not putting the catering out (laughs) call the caterer don't tell them to not open the caviar (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately i think this movie even though it's a superhero movie and he's got powers and everything i think it ultimately tells you the most important thing the most like the biggest superpower is just to be a good person Mm -hmm. because that will ultimately get you the farthest along in life because you can uh be dead in the dirt (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and exactly. have written Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. But or on the bright side, people people like remember it. you. People remember the good things you did. So you may be in the dirt, but your the good things you do, do will echo forever. Uh, heroes never die. Legends live forever. What? <laughs> Is it heroes... Uh... Heroes are remembered, but legends never die. Yeah, there you go. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Sandlot. You will... Your your good deeds will echo throughout all of time and eventually become a live a musical live show in which every Spider-Man gets horribly injured. All the freaks are here in New York City. That's one of the songs <laughs> that Green Goblin sings. Green Goblin sings. That's awesome. I want to see that. You, you may I read uh... an excerpt from Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark? Of course. <laughs> No, no, the second best thing. May I read part of a review Roger Eber wrote for Spider-Man 2? Yeah, absolutely. He wrote, um, 
Spider-Man 2 believes in its story in the same way serious comic readers believe. When the adventures on the page express their own dreams and wishes. It's not camp, and it's not nostalgia, it's not wall-to-wall special effects, and it's not pickled in angst. It's simply and poignantly a realization that being Spider-Man is a burden that Peter Parker is not entirely willing to bear. I love that. That's very that's very poignant. That's very good. That sounds a lot like what you were saying, Connery, about how you're just it's getting very tiresome of superhero movies needing to be dark or super happy. There's no like middle mm-hmm. ground. Or just being like such a they have to be so stylized in a way. Mm-hmm. But um mm-hmm. I mean this one is stylized as well. I know every movie stylized, but it's not like this one's dark and everything's blue saturated, mm-hmm. but it's not um, being stylized yeah. just to be stylized. Everything has a function. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything has a message behind it, a meaning. But um, yeah, that's Roger Ebert review. A bit, yeah, it's not any of those one things. It's all those things together. Mm-hmm. But never. Ne- it's such a tightrope act, I guess, this movie. And very much How so entertaining is. it is, but it's also very emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for Amazing Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man Far From Home that this was the <laughs> this was this the standard they, they have to be. Yeah, this is the one they had to live up to as Spider-Man yeah. sequels. Uh, do we have time for a game, Tyler? What do you think? Yeah, let's cut out all the extraction talk because Spider-Man's more important. <laughs> <laughs> let's play a game. All right. Do you have a game, Tyler, or, or do you want me to do one? Uh, I didn't come up with one. Did you? <laughs> I do. I, I do have something in mind. Yes. Okay. Great. And I think it fits we'll our do superhero that and then talk we'll leave. for this. And I think we have the perfect person to do a superhero talk with. Right. Right with us here. <laughs> Jacob Padilla. Jacob Padilla. Um, I've probably asked you both this several times over our friendship, but I'm going to ask you now this over the airwaves. So, I will ask you: What is your superpower? What is your one weakness? And who would be an arch nemesis you would fight in this superhero universe where it's all about you? I remember it. I remember when you asked me that question. Yes. <laughs> I remember you asked that question. Uh, Tyler, do you want to go first? No. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll go okay. first. Okay, go um, first. Uh, my go-to power is always shape-shifting. <laughs> but it's shape-shifting and I can turn into anything. So human, animal, like monster, it doesn't matter. I can turn into it. But my drawback to that, my weakness, is that every time I shapeshift into somebody else or some monster or animal, and I turn, I can never fully turn back into myself, so some part of me will never be the same as me. So little by little, I will lose myself, basically, is the, is the dark side to that coin, which is a, a kind of a scary story. It might be an interesting story to tell in general, actually, about a shapeshifting yes. superhero. I'm going to have to write that down. TM, TM, TM. Uh, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> and I feel like my villain... I feel like my villain just might be a giant spy organization. Banana? Uh, my villain is a banana, and his name is Doc Banana. And his whole thing is he puts <laughs> bananas outside my doorway every single day when I wake up, and I slip and fall down, and I hit on my little butt, and it <laughs> hurts really bad. He keeps trying to force you to turn into a banana so he can eat you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yeah, like Courage the Cowardly Dog. His name is Mr. Banana Man. He's actually a <laughs> chimpanzee, which is really weird. That makes sense, too. No, but I think in actual reality, like uh, Dick Grayson in this one that Tom King actually writes in the comic Grayson, he fights this organization. I think it's a, I think it's either it's like Leviathan or he's an agent of Spiral or something like that. But it's like this maybe giant spy organization where... um. 
they're evil and maybe they're trying to blow things up and the idea of shape-shifting into people and other monstrosities has to come into play and the idea of anonymity and becoming somebody else and i think it kind of fit good as like a spy world kind of antagonist kind of deal might be kind of fun so that is my uh that is my superhero that i would probably be nice jacob i remember when you asked me this and i had said it was teleportation i think yeah you're like the looper (laughs) but no the jumper jumper right yeah not the looper the jumper yeah. sorry my bad only one of those movies has hayden christian in it in, in <laughs> it, sir. i'm sorry skywalker but i will change it for this instance because this is a superpower that i think would be very useful so i would have the ability to speak any language Ooh. but here's the weakness it's receptive so I can only speak a language if it's spoken to me. So if someone is speaking to me in Chinese, I can speak Chinese. But once they stop speaking to me and I speak to somebody else, I can't speak Chinese. And you wrote a script about this. I, I read did. this. I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's based on. Was it on. called foreign? <laughs> was, was it called? No, it's not foreign. It's its, it's, it's more respectable cousin. <laughs> oh, okay. But yes. Inside joke, inside joke. That's pretty much what that story was based on. But there was no super villain in it. So I guess my villain would be, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody who's trying to like a, be a banana. Yeah, maybe somebody who's like forcing me to lose my voice. Somebody's trying to steal my voice altogether and take my ability. I was going to say like a gigantic bigot, maybe. <laughs> A huge racist? Yeah, that might work, yeah. actually. <laughs> a gigantic racist banana? Yes. Okay, Tyler, you gigantic... better have the best goddamn banana <laughs> joke for yours. <laughs> I don't have any banana joke. That is my mine. villain, a gigantic racist banana that will choke <laughs> me with a banana if I speak any other language besides its own. <laughs> besides banana. Oh, all right, Tyler, go. Uh, I guess I would just like to talk to animals, like Animal Man or even Aquaman. Even though people are like, "Oh, Aquaman doesn't talk to animals; he just manipulates their minds." Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> whatever. I guess Aquaman's a jerk then. Uh, yeah. Huh? Eliza Thornberry from Nickelodeon. She could talk to animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to be Eliza Thornberry. She's the best, and that was one of my favorite shows because <laughs> I just love animals, and I wish I could talk to animals because sometimes. I don't know. I just have always not related to animals of all kinds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an animorph, people. <laughs> That's good. Um, no, it's just I just have always loved all types of animals, and sometimes it's really nice to be around them instead of people. <laughs> and you like I'm to feed them. Totally you like to. F- you like to feed them bananas. Yeah, it's a totally <laughs> different vibe, and I would be able to communicate and learn so much about how they work and everything and just mm. chill with them so uh my weakness uh i don't know uh your weakness you have no weaknesses <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm allergic to bananas and uh my <laughs> ultimate villain my ultimate villain is detective chimp <laughs> perfect the DC Comics hero, the world, the universe is the multiverse's greatest detective, Detective Chimp. Yeah, just cut all that down. But I would just like to talk to animals. Good, and, and just the- chill with them on like the couch and be like, "What's up, man? I do Doctor Doolittle." <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's-
that's good. I'd ride a giant snail and um, talk to a banana slug. Help help a dragon fart or whatever <laughs> happens in the new one. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. That's Isn't right. that what happened? Yeah, there's Did a dragon. Jacob? Did any of you guys see it? I read no, a report you? that a dragon's in it, and I'm like, I don't like that. Didn't you see it, Jacob? I didn't see it. <laughs> what? You love Robert Downey Jr. I, that's the only thing that's making me have some mild interest, but I, I at least don't want to pay to see it. <laughs> yeah, he helps a dragon. He helps a dragon fart in that movie. Apparently, gross. Uh, uh, okay, well, goodbye, everybody. Really? Just All right, later. Like that? <laughs> <laughs> Do a better um, go sign get him, off tiger. now. <laughs> what? Do a better sign off right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, goodbye, everybody. Eat your bananas. Get that potassium, unless you're allergic. Um, eat you your so green much. vegetables yeah don't your green vegetables as well don't eat green bananas but eat your green vegetables yes. just like Jacob, your mom always Tyler told and you. I have nothing to plug <laughs> yeah do you have anything to plug Jacob uh, if you like uh, the sound of mine and Connery's voices uh, please uh, <laughs> give our other podcast uh, Starship Impala a listen it is a tabletop Topic. <laughs> tabletop topic. <laughs> tabletop role-playing game that me and Connery and a couple of our other great friends play. We've got like two seasons. It's really epic stuff. It's a good time. Give it a listen. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at AJ Padster and Letterboxed Jake Traven, I guess. Apparently it's what it is. <laughs> and um yeah but uh may i take this opportunity to uh well of course thank you guys for having me here and to oh, reserve a spot for your eventual your eventual take on the star wars franchise absolutely jacob which one do you want i am good with empire strikes back or last jedi i would love to be on one of those whoever wants one of those i'll be happy to be on the other Tyler, you're the producer. What do you think? <laughs> it's my choice. Uh, no, it sounds good, but I just don't know when we'll get to those. But I'll definitely have you on for one. You'll of those. probably be on much sooner than uh, when. Bef- we'll yeah, be on you'll much. You'll be on something else before then. Yeah, I'm just trying to space those out because yeah, it's well, Star Wars. This time next year, when you guys are doing Star Wars, or in two years, <laughs> I'm happy yeah. to participate in either Empire or Last Jedi. Of course we'll have you on for both of the Ewoks movies. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Jacob, of course. Both? There are two. Oh, tech, there are two. There are two think. Ewoks movies. <laughs> Three if you include Return of the Jedi. Of course you uh, can okay. be on the Christmas special. <laughs> this is going on so long. <laughs> follow, just follow our uh, social media, at uh, FranchisePod on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, that's it. You can email us at the franchise podcast at gmail.com right connery that's right yeah yeah send us any questions you have uh if you want to just send us spam um you know don't sign us up for anything i guess but i mean i guess you can we'll just be mad at you all right thanks for staying (laughs) this long and listening to our podcast about spider-man 2 the best movie probably ever made if not the best superhero goodbye everybody (laughs) I like that too.